Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. New York City. We are coming back to our home away from home. Caroline's on Broadway for our first Challenge Mania Live of 2019. It is Saturday, January 26th for a 1 p.m. meet and greet and a 3 p.m. live show with a panel that between all of them have eight Challenge Championships and that's if you include D's which he insists that I do. But without D's, you still have five. That's right. Three from Kenny Santucci. Two from Susie Meister and also on the panel final reckoning finalist Miss Marie Rhoda that's right New York City's own Rhoda if Ja Rule was there he'd say Rhoda it's a great panel at Caroline's Saturday January 26th tickets are still available at challengemania.live it's Saturday January 26th at Caroline's on Broadway the first Challenge Mania live event of 2019 Susie Meister Marie Rhoda and Kenny Santucci on the Caroline stage with myself and the devil's advocate himself, Mr. Derek Kaczynski. We cannot wait to see you guys at Caroline's this January. What is up, everybody? Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. But if I sound excited, it's because this isn't just any old edition of Challenge Mania. This is the Challenge Mania Awards Nominations Reveal Podcast. That's right. This is special. Christmas was yesterday, but the real holiday is today on Challenge Mania. Happy holidays to everybody. This podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Remember last week when I told you guys that you might be able to find your way into that VIP meet and greet over in New York, even though it's sold out? Remember when I told you guys you might be able to get an all-expense paid trip to the Challenge Mania Live you're choosing? Well... Here's some more info. We're hosting a fantasy football contest next Sunday, that's January 6th, courtesy of our partnership with DraftKings. You can compete against other listeners for your shot to win. It's super easy to play, and the prize is legit. You want to know what you're playing for? The winner gets passes to whatever Challenge Mania Live they want. Those are meet-and-greet passes, even if that meet-and-greet is currently sold out. (coughs) Talking about you, New York. And the expenses for the travel and hotel included combined. That's $1,700 in total up for grabs in the entry, is only $5. Even if the one you want to come to is New York, where the meet and greet is sold out, you can still get into that meet and greet if you win this contest. That's probably the only way in at this point. Chicago might be sold out at this point, too. If you win the contest, you are in. Tune in next week to Challenge Mania for more details 
for the links for D and I. We'll have them in all our social media for how you can access the contest. It's going to be amazing, courtesy of our good friends over at DraftKings. We love them over there. Just because the regular fantasy season is over doesn't mean the fun has to stop. January 6th, put it on your calendar, folks, an all-expense-paid trip to a Challenge Mania Live of your choosing, and we've got three of them on the board. Let's run through them real quick. January 26th, Caroline's on Broadway. You can get tickets for that at challengemania.live. Susie Meister, who's our podcast guest today. Kenny Santucci, Marie Rhoda. Whoo, quite the lineup. February 9th, Chicago Improv. That's right. Tickets are available at challengemaniashy.com. That's challengemaniachi.com. Who's joined us there? Uh, Weston Bergman, Nani Gonzalez, Melinda Collins. <laughs> Pretty good lineup there, too. As I said, tickets available, challengemaniashy.com. Last but not least, that following week, February 16th, we are coming to the Lone Star State. That's right. Not the Longhorn State, which I might have said in an earlier podcast. The Lone Star State. It might be that I'm a little sad that this show that had like one or two episodes on Fox back in the day called Lone Star got canceled after like one episode starring TV's James Wolk. Anyway, sob story. The Lone Star State. We are coming to Austin, Texas to the North Door. Tickets available at ChallengeManiaTX.com and we are bringing the Young Bucks with us. All right. Now that we got all that out of the way, you know the three shows that you want to come see early 2019. You know what's up for grabs in our DraftKings contest on January. January the 6th. Let's get to this awards podcast, shall we? You did not come for me. You did not come for me. You came for D. So on the line right now, Mr. Billy Crystal handing out awards like it's the Oscars. Here he is, Mr. Derek Kaczynski. What's up, dude? Maybe they can be like Deadpool protein cups. I was thinking they're like golden grenades. Ooh, dude, I like it. Grenades are awesome. Yeah, and that kind of like comes off of the uh the theme this year it was like grenades low blows and you made it through all that with a with an award a challenge mania award i like it scott yeah this is going to be a fun one (laughs) we're breaking down all of the challenge mania awards nominees here with Susie meister the brain candy podcast as our guest it's a really fun episode um Before we get to that, and we are going to get to it quickly because this is a long one, folks. Got a lot of categories to get through and a lot of great conversations spawned from these categories. So we go through a lot of the major events of this year with Susie, who watches this show very closely every week over at Brain Candy. Um, If you go to patreon.com slash brain candy, they do live Q&As where you actually watch the episode with them. They're watching it. You're watching their faces as they're seeing these things for the first time. You can chime in on the chats. It's become one of my favorite things to do on a Thursday or Friday afternoon is watch these episodes for me for a second time but with them i don't actually watch it but i watch them watch it then you're in the chat and you're you're talking to the other uh brainiacs if you will we have the maniacs they have the brainiacs um and uh it's all good fun so uh, patreon.com slash brain candy but before we get to Susie, just want to let you guys know as i said at the top of the show a few things Challenge Mania Live is in full effect early 2019. We're in New York City with Susie, as I said, Kenny Santucci, Marie Rota, Caroline's on Broadway, Saturday, January 26th, 1 p.m. meet and greet, 3 p.m. live show, tickets at challengemania.live. Meet and greet is sold out, but you can still get general admission tickets. Then come February, February the 9th, we are going to the mall where you used to work at the Rainforest Cafe, D, except they have an awesome improv comedy club hooked up to it. It's the Chicago Improv, ladies and gentlemen, at the, uh, is it the Weatherfield Mall? What's it called? 
The Woodfield Mall. Woodfield, Woodfield Mall. Mall. Woodfield Mall. If you're from Chicago, you've done some shopping at the Woodfield Mall. And For sure. uh, that's where we're coming to the Chicago improv out there. We will be joined by a great lineup. This might not even be the end of it, but we are going to be joined by Weston Bergman. We're going to be joined by Nani Gonzalez, and we're going to be joined by Melinda Collins. Amazing lineup there. And tickets available at challengemaniashy.com. That's C-H-I for Shy Town. And the meet and greet, 1 p.m., live show, 3 p.m. Tickets are going fast to that. Do not wait. Lastly, Austin 216, the following week, Austin, Texas. We're finally coming to Texas. I know Texas was really excited earlier this year about a challenge event. It didn't end up happening. Finally, we're bringing some challenge favorites to Austin, Texas. We hope that if you live in Dallas, if you live in Houston, if you live in San Antonio, Arlington, anywhere in Texas, you're willing to make the drive and hang out with me and D and the Young Bucks. Hunter and Nelson will be with us as well. TYB in the building. Tickets available at ChallengemaniaTX.com. That's at the North Door in Austin, Texas. And that is Saturday, February 16th, 1 p.m. meet and greet, 3 p.m. live show. All right, I think that's all of it. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Because, guys, there is one way that you can get into the meet and greet in New York. And that is by winning the DraftKings contest that we're going to be launching in a week or so. You got to stay tuned. You got to stay tuned to the podcast. You got to stay tuned to my Instagram, D's Instagram. That, of course, is at DerekMTV. I'm at Scott of Jaeger. You got to stay tuned to our Twitters. He's at DerekMTV. I'm at Shot of Jaeger. We're doing a DraftKings contest. This one does cost a little money to play, but when you win, you win the funds needed to. Fly yourself and put yourself up in the city of your choice to attend any Challenge Mania Live you want. And that comes with two meet and greet tickets to the show, including New York, which the meet and greet is sold out. So if you decide you want to come out to New York, if you're already coming to New York, great. You can pay for the expenses you already racked up. You want to come to Chicago to see Wes and Nani and Melinda, great. If you want to come to Texas to see Hunter and Nelson. If you don't even want to come and you want to pack pocket the cash yourself, you can do that too. You can spend it all on Shane Tank Tops at ChallengeMania.shop. How does that sound to you, D? That sounds awesome. And let me get this straight. If for this DraftKings contest, we're talking about winner gets flight, Uber, hotel, two tickets to the meet and greet of their choosing Challenge Mania Live? <laughs> no, it's actually better than that, D. They get $1,500 straight from DraftKings. If they say want to, hey, you know what? I don't need an airline ticket because I can drive to New York. They can just keep that 500 bucks. If they if they say, oh, you know what? I already bought the tickets to the show. You know what? They can just keep that. You know, so basically, yes, they get the tickets are included to everything, but the the travel is on you. So if you're really savvy and you book $60 flights, if you have hotels.com points, you don't even want to pay for your hotel, you can keep the money. So it's not even ah. just that. It's not like they're booking the travel for you. You're booking your own travel, but the prize pot is a large enough amount that it would cover the flight and hotel for two people to pretty much go to any city in the States from from any city in the States. So, um, so yeah, so it's a really cool contest and it gives you the flexibility to plan your travel accordingly and make a little bit of money as well. So it's not like, Hey, they're going to book your flight on Alaska airlines. You got to transfer four times and just put up with it. No, it's whatever you want to do. So I kind of want, I kind of want to jump in and play. Oh, I'm going to be playing anyway, but I can't win because I'm going to be there anyway. But if I were, if, if I could 
win if I did win. Then I could fly two people. You out. and I will play, but let's be honest. Oh what are the gosh. odds of us winning when we came in like tenth in our fantasy football league? Oh my um, gosh! The finals of the fantasy football league have not taken place yet. While we're recording this, however, they will have already ended. So we will have our Challenge Mania fantasy football champion. I'll find a way to splice that in uh, by the time this runs. The finals were Stephanie Severino and Taylor May. One of them is wow. the first ever Challenge Mania fantasy football champion. So shouts to them. Um, wow. We look forward to seeing them. And that includes the winner of that gets to uh, VIP being green tickets to a Challenge Mania Live 2. That was one of the prizes. And their charity will be receiving a, a hefty donation on behalf of all the Challenge Maniacs. Um, Let's get to Susie. You got anything else before we get to Susie? Because this is a long one, as I said. Yeah. And I want to get to these awards. This is really fun. I, I really I put a lot of time into this. We collectively put a lot of time into this. But I surveyed a bunch of people to put these nominations together. And hopefully you guys think we did a good job. If you're listening to this, it means that if you are a patron, you are already able to vote for the Challenge Mania Awards. Check over at the Patreon site, patreon.com slash challengemania. There will be a code and a way for you to vote for the awards. You have one week to do so. Do not wait because on, uh, I believe it is the 2nd of January, 11.45 p.m., the voting period expires. So make sure you get your votes in and have some fun with it. All right. Ready? Cue the, cue the cool uh, awards music. Let's get it on, Scott. Let's get over a good old-fashioned Challenge Mania intro, D. Z Mouster. <laughs> Just kidding. You, was, you better be careful. If you laugh at one of D's puns, it'll wind up on a T-shirt. He is punny. Yeah. Um, everybody on the line right now joining us here on our Challenge Mania Awards nomination special. Who better to break down the year that was than the person that I watch watching these episodes <laughs> every week on her Brain Candy live Q&As with her co-host, of course, Miss Sarah Rice. Susie Meister is here, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back Hello. to the show. Hi, fellas. How are you? Is, are, is, the, is the intro music to this going to be like Ric Flair, like, dun, dun, dun. Well, I actually did. Well, I don't know what it's going to be yet, so if it's really bad, it probably won't get included. But I did reach out to Ryan Knock, who does all of our music, and said, do you got, do you have anything like, you know, sort of classic and awardsy that we could use for a nomination special? So he's got something. It might be like a little movie scorey, but you might be, yes, mm-hmm. hearing classical music in the background, both now and during the nominees. Can I can I give Susie like a proper intro? Because I don't think that serves what this woman has done for Challenge Historium. Is wow. Historium a word? No, it is now. It is now. Yes. yes, Challenge Historium, ladies and gentlemen. Susie Meister, three Challenge Championships. That's right, three Challenge Championships. Never been never been eliminated from. Or never never lost an elimination ever. And um, what else you got there? Probably one uh, more. Give me some. Well, you don't count it as a real show, but I, I did win Road Rules Viewers Revenge. That's got to count. For- <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. How did you know I said that? You listen to our podcast? Yeah, Scott sent me the old uh, link and I was all ears. For what? That? 
That's yeah, because Tori that's was on. My buddy, her and, best like, friend Tori was on, oh, and oh, okay. we remember okay. we even mentioned during the podcast that earlier this year on a Brain Candy Live Q and A, Tori mentioned she thought she was banned from our podcast because of your idiotic comment when you ran into her at an event <laughs> where you said, "Let me check with Brad and make sure it's okay," <laughs> and then you just left her in, in a cloud of silence. Um, but yeah, so of I'm course lost. Susie was going to listen to her best friend on the show. I, I'm lost on that's idiotic. Like, I'm, well, I'm, it's fine I'm, to have checked with him, but then to have never followed up and said, hey, check with Brad. It's all good. How's next Thursday? Kind of made her feel as if you and Brad had kind of put the kibosh on it. Even I can admit that that was a little bit shades. I'll, I'll admit. Um, but so uh, let me uh, ask you, Susie, because I actually looked into it when I was trying to brag about the amount of championships we're going to have on stage at Caroline's on the 26th of January. Tickets on sale at challengemania.live. Uh, it's three if you count the spring break one, right? It's two if you don't count that. Am I correct? Or is it oh, three or four? I did. I won Gauntlet 2. I won The Ruins. And yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. Oh, and man, I, I don't not count it. I'm not saying I don't. However, when you go shoot. on the challenge wiki, which is where I do get all my stats and stuff, it has it listed as a spinoff, the Spring Break Challenge, which is also where they list like champs versus stars. So if you want to get technical, you have two wins in a final on the big old challenge. And if you throw in the Spring Breaker, you've got the third. Right. That's That annoys me because you know how like they pay – people when they come back based on like how many shows they've done and stuff. Whenever I was trying to get on a season a few years ago, they wouldn't count the spring break challenge as one because they said it wasn't like a real, it wasn't long enough, but they wouldn't count road rules viewers revenge because it didn't have the word challenge in it. So there were these two whole shows that existed that weren't being counted towards my pay rate. Mm. Well, we don't talk about pay rate too much here. Uh, well, I do. But, but that's I why I'm a brain candy patron, because that's the only place I can go to get the chit chat about the pay rates, because it certainly doesn't happen on this podcast. But right. but I would almost do like half and half and then make it equal three. Thank you. <laughs> um, take it. You know, but it's like as far as like going forward with like challenge awards and, and championships and accolades to like what these competitors are, um, you know, actually going, what, what they're going through and stuff like that. I think it's, I, I think it's kind of important to sort of talk about stuff like that too. You know, I mean, I never really thought about what viewers revenge, you know, really meant to the challenge world. And, you know, like we don't talk about like, Oh, I, we won road rules. So that goes on the, you know, yeah. championships. And that, then we started talking about champs versus stars and being like, well, is that a real championship or is that like an intercontinental title? You know what I mean? True. So yeah. That's a wrestling term, Susie, if you don't know what an intercontinental title is. It's like the (laughs) middle of the card belt in fake wrestling land, just so you know. Oh, okay. It's not something you're supposed to know. I did not know. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Tell them about tell her about the other belts that they have. They used to have yeah. like a 
Hardcore not. belt. I'm not telling her about a single <laughs> other belt. I do want to say so championships like you and Susie or you and Sarah would be like tag could be like tag team champs. You know what I mean? Yes. In their Santa yeah. in their Santa uniforms and their matching naughty and nice hats, um, which you would have seen <laughs> if you watched their live Q&A videos, which I bring up not just for a shameless plug, which it also is. Um, but what, what I immediately thought of you as a, a great person to have on this show to go through our nominees. And you were someone who I sent the, the list to as we were kind of going going through and crossing people off and making sure that we got this right. Because, you know, it's funny when we were talking about people whose sort of challenge career would make them an authority, like a Mark Long or a Durrell, I was like scratching my head. I'm like, but do they watch every episode? And that's why someone <laughs> like yourself, who I know for a fact watches every episode, because as I mentioned, I watch you watch every episode and a Melinda and a Jasmine who watch every episode, your opinions meant a lot to me during this process because you've watched this show. And so, you know, obviously experience is invaluable and those people have that. But the three seasons that we're talking about here, Vendetta's The Final Reckoning and uh, Champs vs. Stars season three, you watched every single minute of and you had interactive conversations with your patrons during the viewings of and it's very fun. My first question to you is, is that really the first time you're watching it? Because you watch it a few days later and how much of it does get ruined for you just you know, via text or social media or combing the internet? Because a lot of it, it seems like you're gen genuinely surprised by a lot of it. How much of that <laughs> is just playing up to the camera? Oh, it's all, it's all real. Uh, that is the first time we're watching it. Occasionally I'll see a clip or something on social media, maybe the week of, but I don't usually know who's, who's going to win that week or anything, unless it's Johnny. Cause they tag us in everything or unless it's the actual end of the whole show. They, they always ruin that. Unfortunately. Sarah's got her thing, which is, you know, anytime someone steals the money from someone, she will probably be tagged anytime it happens. She'll probably be called for therapeutic she'll probably be purposes. probably in the episode. Right at, yeah, she'll be in the episode. <laughs> they'll, they'll cut to that highlight in, in, in the setup during the season. Do you have anything like that? Do you have anything in your career that, like, anytime they show someone doing this, they mention Susie or someone tags you in it? No, I'm a loser. Nobody knows who I am. I'm surprised you're even talking to me, frankly. Oh, stop it. Really? Yeah, I'm so old. It's it's over. <laughs> Interesting. Well, did you I don't know. I don't know if this was an early episode, so I don't know if you were listening to us at this point. But I know, early I know on, when they show Susie. I know when they show Susie. Anytime they show Timmy, they show Susie. That's true. Like the old, old, old stuff. They'll show me. Well, uh, we had Kayla on very early and her dad popped on, which puts, <laughs> thing, puts things in perspective when like the father <laughs> is the challenge fan in the family. Um, but we asked him, we said like, you know, anybody you don't think Kayla, your own daughter could, you know, you know, hold a candle to. And he was like, yeah, Susie. I know. So, Why did he say that? He's I have crazy. no idea. But, you know, you have a fan <laughs> and Mr. Abel Casillas. <laughs> or as, or as Kayla would say, Casillas. Yeah, he he used to watch the old school season, so he knows the uh, the old stuff. But like, I I think he's wrong about that. She's tough. She could kick my ass for sure. I, I think he I think he probably watched you in that final elimination for the ruins with the girls. Oh under yeah, the, Kim under the water for the rope. Oh yes, the fake rain. Yeah. 
So format wise, what uh. I think is cool about this episode is instead of doing what we typically do, which is like go through question and answer and take questions from Twitter and Facebook.com slash Challenge Mania podcast and all that good stuff. We have these awards. We're going to reveal the nominees. I sent them to you beforehand. So I, I feel like you might have some thoughts murmuring in there and we can kind of use these as jumping off points to talk about the major moments this year with you and, and what your your feelings and thoughts on on them were. Um, if Was that it makes hard sense. for you to come up with the nominees? Uh, in some, so here, here's the thing. I take yeah. awards very seriously, too seriously, in fact. Um, <laughs> part of which is because I love awards. I love talking about them. You know, I'm a big movie buff. So, like, for years I was, you know, in, you know, theorizing who would get nominated for the Golden Globes and the Oscars. And I love doing the pools at the viewing parties. And within the last few years, I think it was four years ago now, I, I actually get to vote in the SAG Awards, which I take very seriously. Um, oh my God. And so I wanted you know there to be a little bit of uniformity to it. I was hoping we'd have the same amount of nominees in every category. That didn't happen. But I feel like we got it right for the most part. I feel like nothing is a head scratcher here. I feel like we didn't leave anybody out. Um, and yes, in some instances, there were categories where I'm like struggling to find even a third person who I feel like is on the same yeah. mantle as the others. Um, um, some of these categories I felt like were a little hard to define, which I think w- what will happen is over the course of a few years of doing these awards, it'll make sense based on who was awarded or nominated in the past, what the category sort of means. And and as we get to these categories, we'll talk about it more. But I feel like this show, and you tell me if you disagree, but I feel like the show that we watch, there's two components to it. There's the athletic competitions, the eliminations, stuff that I think we like when executed well, but has sort of been put on the back burner for almost entire seasons, or at least large portions of this last season. And then we have the drama, which, you know, can also be very fun and, and get it, certainly gives us a lot of gossip to talk about and sometimes can be really cringeworthy and and be some of the worst TV (laughs) that we've seen. But I do feel like because it's such a large portion of the show, it, it sort of has to be taken into account when talking about who were sort of the banner stars for the year, for lack of a better term, or challengers for the year. You have on one token the people who really did a great job athletically and competition-wise, but maybe kind of faded into the background when it came to the, the drama and the personality aspect of it. And then you have the people who shined in that regard, for better or for worse. So we're kind of trying to honor both sides of that and then put it all together for for a final award as well. Does that make sense to you? Do you feel like it's worth honoring both sides of that coin? Yeah, I love how you've set it up. And I mean, I when I looked over the list, I thought, "Boy, some of these are real tight competitions." Yeah, and feel free. I mean, you're going to you're going to get a vote um, all of our patrons get to vote. If you do still want to become a patron, you do have time. The voting starts today when this episode is airing on December the 26th. You'll have a vote, uh, a week to vote. So if you become a patron today, you can still get a vote. Um, that will be sort of weighted as one component of how we decide the winners. But also someone like yourself, someone like, as I mentioned, a Jasmine, a Melinda, Emily Longaretta from Us Weekly um, are going to be kind of weighted ballots as well. So um Feel free to weigh in here if you do have already determined who you think should win one of these things. That that can be part of this conversation as well. And I won't hold you By to it. By the way, can I just say, Derek, I'm so ready for you to come back on the show. Like, I I just, I, I need you to come back. Can you make that happen? What do you mean? Where did that come from? Like, I've just been thinking about it a lot because I was looking at all this list and I thought, Derek needs to just always be on there. You're like the anchor of the show, in my opinion. 
Wow. wow. He's the Damn. only person. He's Jeez. the only person. We'll get to this. I mean, this is the nominee list here. We're about to go through. He's the only person on the nominee list that didn't actually play on a season of these shows <laughs> who made his way onto the nominee list. And for all you people who think that we're biased, I, 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 I dare you to contest the nomination that he has. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's get right into it. So okay. um, the first one we'll talk about, because it's kind of a standalone thing, is the best performance by a star. Um, I did want to include this because – Although we don't have a season four on tap, at least for now, for Champs versus Stars, it had become this, you know, stopgap filler um, for the, the yearly entertainment. And I think we did enjoy this third season. So the best performance by a star nominees are Louise Hazel, Casper Smart, Daniel Booby Gibson, and Brooke Hogan. Um, what, what, how do you feel about those nominees, Susie? Well, the one that stands out for me is Brooke, because I thought while when we watched it, I just thought, oh, my gosh, this girl is meant for this show. She's very telegenic and athletic and she makes power moves like she when she sat out that one competition because she thought it wasn't safe. I was like, oh, that takes guts. Oh, you mean the one that wasn't safe where uh, was it um, Anissa was injured for the year during that one? (laughs) On top yes. of that, on top of that, I heard she has to go in for another surgery. I I jumped into her live with Hisella, Susie, with oh, Hisella. Wow. I'm wow. pretty sure that was her. I'm almost positive it was her. And the last time we saw Hisella was me. I'll be and you awkward saw if it wasn't her. her, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Gauntlet too. And Anissa did tell me in our interview that she was going to go see her. Oh. So. Oh, oh, see, so it was her. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I, I saw that she's going in for like another surgery, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, that, oh, that it was a gruesome, gruesome. Brooke Hogan right. Also, and everybody was, go ahead. No, I was going to say Brooke also, uh, Hogan also allowing for Hulk Hogan to make a couple FaceTime cameos on the season of champs versus stars. So bringing an additional star element to the show. Totally. I think she's the only one who did that. I don't remember Louise Hazel FaceTiming with any other Olympians. I don't remember <laughs> Drake FaceTiming with Josh. I don't remember Casper uh, Smart getting J-Lo on the horn. So, Oh my gosh. This is going to, this, I can already tell this podcast is going to take forever. Um, Susie, I hope you got time. Um, okay. So I just saw Drake, Drake and Josh episode for the first time the other day. My son was, I, I don't know why he had it on. And I was like, is that, is that is that a Drake from the the challenge? And he's like, yeah. I was like, when is? I was like, how old is he here? And he he knew he was like two thousand and two thousand and eight or something like that. He said, I was like, oh shit. I was like, he's a good actor. Um, but but uh, but back to Brooke Hogan. Um, like she, she not not only that, but she beat um she beat Cam in in a, in a very physical elimination in which we've seen Cam in the regular challenges beat all the mercenaries beat all the mercenaries is awesome in elimination so that's another accolade to throw Brooke Hogan away Brooke Hogan yeah. the only nominee on the list who didn't make the the final of Champs versus Stars if that matters Booby Gibson was partnered with Wes Louise and Casper were teamed up together so if you care about that element to it Brooke would probably be the fourth choice here, but I agree with you guys that she is the one who who did stand out while she was still on the show. Taking out Cam is no small feat, as you said. She did seem like someone who could easily transition onto the show, almost more so than I think Louise. A lot of people have kind of fantasy booked, what if Louise did a full challenge season? Brooke, I think maybe just... I don't know, personality-wise, feels like she yeah. would fit a little bit better. 
on the show. So this is a tough one. It depends how you look at it. I'll be interested to see how the the, uh, the votes that come in from the patrons uh, shake out. Louise might actually take a hit here from some of the people who came to see us in Brea, Susie, on that show where Louise was on the lineup for a little bit and then decided <laughs> she was going to go see Jay-Z and Beyonce instead. So who knows? People might hold that against her. Um, we don't know. Doesn't but, count. Does not count towards <laughs> best performance by a star. I neither think, does me. Neither does me watching Drake and Josh the other day for the first time. Even though Drake's not on this list, just saying. Yeah, yeah I, I think it might it come down. Him. It might come down to one of those two, Louise and and Brooke, if you ask me. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I to be honest with you, I think Casper is like a scary, scary competitor when it comes to. Um, you know, actual like physical performance. I don't know. Did you see what he did? He was the only one that won that gruesome competition that, that we just, that we just talked about with Brooke Hogan. He's the only one that like, he was like the human joystick, Scott. He was just like, and scored the only touchdown. You know what I mean? So you can't take that away. I believe that Casper actually has like a, a few impressive individual wins on top of making it to the end on top of like, not really giving a shit that much, you know, he's just like with his dance background and how he, I believe trains, how I seen his videos it is complimentary towards, you know, being good at the challenges. He would be scary in a real challenge. And just based on his performance there, um, with Louise, you know, uh, what, how'd they lose? They lost on eating. Right. So, yeah. Um, but, um now yeah. just to make a case for all four nominees, yeah. Booby Gibson not only was smart enough to kind of, you know, hitch his coattails to, to Wes, uh, he also, <laughs> by the nature of his nickname, made it okay to say Booby both on TV and on <laughs> podcasts for about two months. So there you go. There's a there's a pitch for him as well. <laughs> made a big move. He made a big move. Um, has he ever won a championship? Uh, well, I know he, it doesn't matter. Has he won a championship? With I, I looked it up at the time. I know he was on. He was on the Cavs team. I think that went to the finals the first time that LeBron went to the finals. But I don't think he was still on the team when LeBron came back. Um, so I don't know that he has a championship. So, but. so he can't get a vote for strictly playing in the finals with LeBron. We no, can't because that has nothing. That has nothing to do with this <laughs> whatsoever. Exactly. Yes. Um, so let's move on to the next category here: Comeback Player of the Year. Now, this can mean you know a, a few things, and, and I think our nominee list actually shines a light on what this, how you could interpret this um, comeback word. So the nominees for Comeback Player of the Year are Hunter who came back from a wrist injury that, you know, took him out on, or not took him out, but obviously hampered him on uh, Dirty 30, and he got down to the wire there, almost made the final, and then had to sit out Vendettas because of that nasty hand injury. He then comes back on Final Reckoning and wins. So he comes from not even being able to compete on Vendettas to winning the Final Reckoning. That's a comeback, if you ask me. Uh, Brad Fiorenza, who literally uh, is a comeback player in the sense that he came back to the show in the franchise after something like an eight-year layoff, a fan favorite who finally came back and came in hot, for lack of a better term, um, guns a-blazing into vendettas and was, you know, competed very well and was one elimination away from the final, um, losing to Leroy there, and then, you know, obviously has the on-screen romance with Brittany, comes back for Final Reckoning, 
partners with uh, Kyle does very well uh, in that season too. Um, Kaylee, who we just interviewed minutes before speaking to you, Susie, um, and we let her know she was up for this award. She um, did not perform very well in self-admittedly on Vendettas, did not take it very seriously, ends up going home because she just cannot deal with the uh, um, the luggage gate, suitcase gate, and said, uh, told us on the podcast candidly um, that it was that she was worried she was going to do something worse. And this is coming from somebody who got kicked off Big Brother for threatening to stab someone, mind you. Um, she then comes back onto the final reckoning. Um, and then after her partner and Cam's partner go home, they partner them up and they came in sixth place and lost on that big um, roll the thing up the hill challenge. And then the last nominee is Ashley Mitchell, who now is a two-time champion of the challenge, who was on the heels of leaving Dirty 30 early, um, mm. you know, coming in as a mercenary on Vendettas and not looking good, coming in on Champs versus Stars and throwing a hissy fit and going home in the middle of the show, and then comes back onto the Final Reckoning to win the entire thing and winning the entire pot. So those are the mm. nominees... Hunter, Brad, Kaylee, and Ashley. Susie, why don't we start with you? Who stands out to you there? I got to go with either Hunter or Brad for this. Hunter, because to me, that's a true comeback where it's an injury and, you know, you might not be able to do it again. And then you come back and you're, you make it all the way to the end and you win. Um, Brad, because I, even though Brad's not my buddy right now, I got to respect somebody that took an eight year break and then can come back and play the game that well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. It's funny that I think those two have sort of the most direct narrative that corresponds to the word comeback. It makes the yeah. most sense. The other two is like a little bit of finessing there and kind of molding what happened to them um, to the term comeback. So it might be the easier vote for one of those two guys. Um, I do think that, you know, Hunter and Ashley having both won, um, it depends yeah. how much you look at that prize money because there's people who I find I have to remind on a weekly basis that Hunter won the final reckoning. People, I think a lot of a lot of people just kind of shorthandedly say Ashley won. Uh, so if you yeah. don't look at Hunter as having won, maybe that comeback isn't as impressive as it is um, if you do think. I guess I just feel like Ashley never really went away, even though she wasn't performing at the best level. Mm -hmm. She kind of was around all this time. Yeah, for sure. And and she does. I mean, she if you think of it this way, she's won two of the last four. So, yeah, I mean, you know, on. but I will say that coming off of that big high on invasion, she did have a few downswings in a row with the, you know, obviously a lot, a <laughs> yeah, lot of, she did. you know, some 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 family issues that, you know, when people talk about her being a quitter, I do think a lot of those are unfair shakes because I think some of that stuff is that, you know, it's it's hard to compete with that real life stuff going on. Um, but, you know, and that was last year and that was last yeah. year, right. not this year. We're talking about comeback player of this year. Right. Um, no, no, no. Oh, but going yeah, into the, yeah, go, uh -huh. yeah, but all that stuff plays right. a part in, well, yeah, but that's like saying, Oh, Brad doesn't get comeback player of the year. Cause those eight years he took off weren't yeah. this year, you know? So, but uh, yeah. D so you talk about it. So, yeah. so who do you think yeah. stands out to you? I think, I think it's an unbelievable for Hunter to come back from that shattered wrist. Um, uh, they got, they got a little buffer Hunter and Ashley got a little buffer coming in as mercenaries before yeah. they, before they won this thing. Um, you know, uh, it, the fact that he had to use that that wrist to punch through, punch his way through the first elimination to sort of solidify their stay in the in, in the competition in itself was impressive to me. Um, the fact that he made it all the way to the end, 
uh, did not win the money, unfortunately. So it's almost like second place. I, and I know it's, I know it's, it's a very controversial subject. He's going to hate me if I, I don't know if I have, the you don't think he's a winner really. I, I, I don't know if I had look at, so you I don't, don't think Sarah's have, a winner is what Susie's saying. Listen, yeah. <laughs> listen. So it's, it's really interesting. Okay. Susie, when I talked to Sarah, it was no doubt in my brain, no doubt. Oh fuck. It dawned upon me. Holy shit. She sure did win the challenge. They mm-hmm. both won the challenge. It, it, it's just, they won. She won. It, it didn't even, it didn't even, I didn't even have to think twice. In my head, I was like, oh my gosh, she's totally a winner. Like, I just didn't even think about it. Then so, I heard, what's that? So now what? Then, then I heard, I heard what, uh, you know, the explanation of uh, Ashley wins by 31 seconds. And I thought in my head, oh, fuck. Oh. Ashley won by 31 seconds. Wait a minute. You know, so it got me thinking like, you know, and then if she would have split it with him, then they would have won. They would have won. You know what I mean? She doesn't win, but she doesn't win if he doesn't do well either. Fine, fine. So be it. I'm just saying in my brain, I'm telling you, I don't know if I have the balls to tell Hunter that I don't know if he necessarily (laughs) won. I'm just saying like it, it was really weird because when we had that conversation with Sarah, I was stuck on it. Yes, she won. You know, they she won too. She just did didn't make any money off of it, right? She won mm-hmm. the competition, just didn't win any money off of it. Then I heard that, you know, I heard this one and I was like 31 seconds for some reason that 31 seconds stuck in my mind. She's the she is the sole winner and she gets to choose. You know what I mean? So that kind of fucked with my brain too. On top of that, with Ashley, let me stick on Ashley for a second. She came off of her father passing away, just past her quit, right? Not quit. She had to go, right? She, she left the game because her father passed away. Okay. You almost get like, you know, it, it sucks, but you almost get like a, you're almost like not DQ'd out of the competition, but you quit just whatever you want to call it is she's leaving the competition for family reasons. And, uh, but it kind of goes like a zero, right? Like she doesn't really get much out. It just, she has to go. Right. Then she comes back and wins Invasion, right? No, she doesn't win Invasion. I'm sorry. I might be off. No, you're doing it no. backwards. She won Invasion. Okay. Then she left Dirty 30. Then she came in as a mercenary oh, on Vendetta. It's Dirty 30 right off the bat. So definitely yes. gets a zero, right? Yes. Definitely, although we find out she had an ankle injury, it didn't want to deal with it, left the game, quits, whatever you want to call it. Okay. But on paper, she basically quits the Dirty 30. Can't handle it. May never see her again, right? And she comes back to what? Champs versus stars, Scott? Champs versus stars, uh, but doesn't. Well, she comes back Almost as a quits. mercenary. On, yes, uh, right, right, right. Almost quits. She finds do- out on Champs versus stars, too, about, um, I believe, the passing of her father. Right. On the show, I believe. And then leaves. Mm-hmm. And then leaves okay. because of it, right? Oh, shit. So she has a meltdown and then her father passes no, away? No, no. The meltdown was on the <laughs> other season of Champs vs. Stars. So she they then all goes, run together. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is that it was this... It's hard to remember when all this happened because it was such a downswing <laughs> for her over and over again. Some things just real life, things out of her control. And then some, you know, she comes in as a mercenary on Vendettas. And we've talked about the flaw in that is that if you have nothing to play for, why would you play hard? But I think she... She even admitted on her podcast she didn't play hard um, and then comes back on the final reckoning to win the whole thing, reminding us that she does have what it takes to do so. So, um, yeah, now. But let me say this, D, about the whole 31 seconds. She outraced him 
by 31 seconds in the individually timed portions. Hunter single-handedly won the eating portion that had they not won, she would not have beaten anyone by 31 seconds because the individual times wouldn't have even mattered. So to me, it's the challenge was won by the two people who win. Okay, those are the challenge champions. And then the financial decision gets to be made by the person who outran the other person in the two or three times they ran. Hold on. On top of that, you're telling me that Ashley's outrunning Hunter? Did you just tell me that? That's what it was. Those are the only time okay. portions were the races. I'm just, just, just throwing that out there too. So she and she's outrunning Hunter, who may be one of the the, the newest, biggest, baddest, you know, uh, competitors to enter the game. She's outrunning him. Yeah, she did, but okay. I, I still don't think Dang, that's that, pretty impressive too. Right? No, that's it is. Look, it, it is. It is impressive. I, and I know what you're trying to say, but that's impressive. Yeah, I want to take this opportunity to talk about Kaylee because I think this is the only uh, time she appears on this list. We just interviewed her, and you know, um, we talked about Suitcase Gate, um, which was a big moment on Vendettas um, that I'm sure you talked about on your podcast uh, on their Q and A's quite a bit at the time. But then the the offshoot of that that I think became the larger story because this. This is what actually bled into the Final Reckoning, even the reunion recently, and has really sparked a lot of debate on social media, is when she outed Natalie by telling the masses, telling social media that, you know, why do you care about the fact that I kissed Johnny? You like women. And at the time, Mm -hmm. Natalie, you know, some people had known that Natalie had had relationships with women. I think a lot of people in the house, Kaylee included, as she said to us, had seen her with women. Um, However, the masses did not know that. Social media did not know that. And I was telling telling Kaylee this, that like it or not, there are thousands of people who got that information from her post. Um, so what did, how did you feel about that situation at the time? Um, you know, do you feel that the fact that, you know, Kaylee's defense is that, look, I watched you with women in the same room as me and I'm your stranger. So to me, anyone who would do that, I did think it was fair game. I didn't think it was, there was anything wrong with saying that in a rebuttal to, to you. Um, do, do you, does that, is that up to snuff for you as a, as an excuse here? Or what, what do you think? If you take her at her word that she didn't mean it as some sort of big outing, that's fair. But the way she handled it after was it, she almost doubled down on it instead of saying, I made a mistake. I had no idea. I'm so sorry. It wasn't classy at all. It was sort of just like, you know, too bad. And I'm mad at you. And they kept upping the ante. Yeah. But that that's, but that the thing is, is I don't know what that has anything to do with the challenge mania awards, but um, I'm just using it as a, I have Susie Meister on the line here who has, I think has a, a female's perspective and has, you know, has, has written a lot of good articles about, you know, things that I would I, to be honest with you, I consider her smarter than both of us combined. So I wanted to get her <laughs> reaction to it. Cause we just had Kaylee on and this interview is airing after that. So everyone will have heard that interview who kind of won us both over with her charm and, and how transparent yeah, she is. She she's is very, delightful. she's very funny. She's a delight. Uh, um, but we did get to the, we did get to the elf in the room. I did present it to her and give her the opportunity to cop to it the way you're saying and not double down. And to be quite frank, she kind of did double down again. Oh, good. Um, oh no, she didn't. No, Hold on. No, what? No, I know in the sense that she's still, oh, look, what she said was, <laughs> what she said was, uh, had she known it would have hurt her that way, she would not have done it. But her main selling point is she's asking, she asked me and, and I kind of get what she's saying here, but she said, had the footage aired of her and Veronica, was she talking about? She said that her and Veronica were getting very cozy on the show. That had that footage aired, 
And she was referring to that in the post where it had been looked at the same way. And I said that, well, had the thousands of people that got that information from your post gotten it from the challenge first? No, I don't think people would have right. talk, taken it as such like a biting sort of, you know, I'm doing this to hurt you kind of move. But that isn't how it played out. This is how it played out. You have thousands of people who hate you over it. I'm just trying to give you an opportunity to say, do you at least understand now why doing something like that isn't okay? And I think she she is still not doubling down. I'm not saying she's making it worse. But she is. she does go back to the specificity of the circumstance that in her world and in her mind, she was not cluing people in on something that it, it was unfathomable to her that Natalie did not openly identify like that because she watched her waltz around doing that in front of her and they had never had a direct conversation about this is not what I want, something I'm ready for everyone to know. Now, that being said, I'm with you, Susie. The tone of the message kind of made it seem like she knew that there were people reading this who didn't know this because she's kind of like, oh, yeah, but this, you know? So yeah. that's where Susie. I do, you know. And and I think that she explains herself and she uh, the way she's explains it. You'd have to listen to it yourself. Yeah. And she has reasoning behind it, you know. And to me, it literally sounds like th what the way it was said on or uh, the way I saw it on Twitter is, you know, Natalie takes a shot at, uh, you know, the boyfriend stealer. Hey, you're a boyfriend stealer. And and then Kaylee goes, uh, oh, well, I. I thought you liked girls anyway or whatever. And then there's this big uproar. And then you'd have to listen to her explanation because it's, it's very, it's, it's not, you know, doubling. It's, it's not harsh. It's not like, it all, you know all I mean? it, everything she said was fine it's if like, it came with the caveat of, but having seen it play out in this way, I'm going to make sure to double check with anyone to make sure that I am not outing them to the masses before I use something like that in a these comeback. People, these people are in, are in like borderline like war, right? Yeah. Like verbal but this is warfare. not on the show. This is on social media. This is after the fact. And like it or not, when you have a platform, there's going to be three or four times a year where one of these goofy storylines on this stupid show where these people are quote unquote at war becomes a banner issue for a lot of people who are going through similar social issues. So it's like how you handle it and the way you talk about it on interviews and our reunions and stuff is going to be an example that you're setting for everybody watching. Whether you care or not, that's up to you. And we've seen people handle it different ways, but you know, look, I don't, you know, she said, and I think what you're saying D is she didn't mean for it to be interpreted the way that it was. She didn't think she was outing her. If, if you believe that, which is fine, let's, I'll play devil's advocate with you that she didn't. That's cool. It should then come with the, but now that I know that it did have that effect, I'm sorry. And you know, yeah. And she was, and I felt like she was borderline apologetic too. Like I didn't, I didn't sense. And then I go off of like, feel, she was, you know, border, not, she was borderline apologetic. And I just think yeah, that in, in an issue multiple like this, times, it'd be nice to, not, to be a little bit more than borderline apologetic. You I, know? Well, I, I think, I mean, if you're looking to push someone to say, Hey, I'm sorry, Natalie, like, I'm pretty sure she, she's already had that conversation behind closed doors, you know, uh, and which she is did how say it should friends, be done. She did say they're friends now, Susie, which yeah. I thought was interesting. So I, um, huh. yeah. Okay. So they buried the hatchet somewhat, but I think she came off fun, funny. No, she was, different. she was, look, she it was, was a blast. You know, you know exactly why she's on reality TV. She's, she's not one of these fake people either. She's just like goes in and she says it herself. She's like, you know, I, she's like, I'm the dummy that walks in, 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 in a firestorm or something like that. 
And it's just like, doesn't even understand that they're like, she's in the middle of like a, you know, she says she's, in a firestorm or something. It's, she's it's definitely awful. entertaining. That's for sure. Yeah. But you don't, but the, the, the beauty of it is that her story gets told, you know what I mean? Like you see the, you see the, the, tw- the Twitter, the, the tweets, right? You see her on at the reunion, right? You see her on the show and then that's it. You know, we actually got the whole story. So it's a fun listen. Okay, yeah. cool. And uh, to bring I'll it back listen. to the awards conversation, I will say Thank it's you. probably hurting her chances <laughs> of, of people looking at whether she had an <laughs> impressive comeback because I think people do probably remember those those moments more so than her and Cam succeeding. But she is nominated here, and I do think, you know, you know, tip of the cap to her, she did step it up. She mentioned it going into Vendettas. She barely knew what the challenge was, let alone cared from a physical standpoint, and definitely <laughs> stepped it up on that second season of the year. All right. Yeah, here, well, hold on, hold on, but... I want to talk about that because that's that's what we're talking about. That that's what it's about. It's not about Kaylee and what she did on Twitter. It's about it's about Kaylee's comeback story. Yeah, but it's there's like, a lot of people who won't vote for Casey Affleck to win Best Actor, even if he was good in Manchester by the Sea. So yeah. these issues do play a part in voting, like it or not. Even if you're not voting for the exact yeah. thing that they did, these well, components do play a part. Well, can so, we make a case for her at least? Can we like at least make a case for her? Like not not a suitcase getting yeah, let's thrown hear over it, the balcony. Derek. Yeah, what's yeah. the case? I don't want to make a suitcase thrown over the balcony case, but <laughs> she got her shit thrown over the balcony. She quit the show because she was essentially getting, you know, what we all called borderline bullying at the time at the challenge house. But we all know that it's, it gets a little bit more chaotic than that in the challenge house. Um, she gets her shit thrown over the balcony. She quits. Right. And then she comes back, loses her partner, who, who's Kayla, gets partnered up with Cam. And they end up beating like being the underdog story of the season. They go in like three or four eliminations, beat the boys. Beat, I, I'm pretty sure they beat, you know, two teams of boys. I know that at the end they beat, they, they eliminated, uh, you know, Kyle and Brad, big front runner. You know what I mean? So like these things after someone that hasn't actually ran in 20 years, as she, as she stated, I haven't, <laughs> since she hasn't ran in 20 years to come back and be beating boys at these physical competitions. Um, I thought that, that her and Cam's story was the uh, true underdog story going into that. That's a good case you made. I don't think it's enough for her to win the the category, but I do think you made a good argument. Yeah. We got to talk about all these people. You for know sure. what I mean? So. And Brad, and Brad, like you said, I mean, it, it, the fact that Brad is coming back and like he's back, like, dude, could you remember like Brad back in the day? He was like the <laughs> coolest, wasn't he? Like, am I? He was. You know, like Brad was a big deal. Brad was like a Brad was a star. I feel. Yeah, he was. You know? Yeah. And we're going to need to D we're going to need to check with Brad and make sure these nominees are okay uh, as well. (laughs) Didn't you run them by him yet? That's a callback. Um, All right. Here's a good one. Uh, Let's lighten the mood here. (laughs) Funniest commentary. This one is going to the funniest cast member in interviews, funny moments, social media can even play a part in it. The nominees for funniest commentary are Marie Rhoda, CT, Johnny Bananas, Davon, Nelson, and Jemmy. So three gals, hmm. three guys in this category, all, you know, wrestling for the same award here. I think all funny in, in different ways, some intentionally and some not so much. Uh, we'll start with you, Susie. Who stood out to you among that bunch? 
You know what I'm going to say. This is a landslide, in my opinion. Marie, obviously, everything she says is hilarious. And she speaks the truth. And uh, she doesn't give uh, two hoots about what anyone thinks of her. I love it. I think I think the best moment in the finale was actually her and uh, Cara Maria getting drunk during the final. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and as they're trying to... Um, defeat their competition verbally because they did terrible in the competition. They end up fighting each other. It was the best. I, I can't believe that. That was, that was awesome. If that's not comedy, I don't know what is. So I'm sorry. I just wanted to piggyback you there for a minute. Yeah. I look, <laughs> I think Marie is, you know, definitely a front runner here. I think that this was a banner year for her um, in that, you know, she's, I think been kind of a, you know, she's always been perceived as being funny, um, whereas this season she got to be funny and really play a part in the overall narrative of the show, made it very far on the final reckoning. She was partnered with Kara, who, you know, is one of the female faces of the show. So it meant a lot more. I've always found her commentary to be funny, whether she's eliminated a few weeks in or not. So I think we really got to see it with the spotlight on it. Uh, Marie's commentary, both on social media, in her Betches recaps, which were great and hilarious, um, which is another dimension to this. She's the only nominee that had a recap here. Um, but let's try to make some cases for some of these other folks. I'm going to go with Devon here because she had this, this great YouTube show that I think she did get in trouble for a little bit along the way by how candid she would be. But mm-hmm. I just thought she had some great zingers in the interview chair uh, during this season. I she think did. She, and I think a lot of it comes from the Big Brother experience, having been on two seasons of that show where – a lot of that show is carried by interviews and their their quippy little sound bites and and she had some really funny moments um, on the show and then also on her YouTube show she just sets up a mic and talks to a camera something that gives me anxiety even thinking about it not having a co-host or anything like that and would just go in on on folks. So, I mean, I think Devon, you know, only did the one season. Obviously, Marie played a part on, on two. But I think Devon really impressed me with how seamlessly she she transitioned into the challenge world. Because some of these other folks, the you know, the Paulies and, and, and Natalies, I think, from a competition standpoint. But, you know, Devon, from a social standpoint and a commentary standpoint, just fit right in. Yeah, I would agree with that. She was she, and she was always on. There was always a one liner she was ready with. So I would agree. She was really good. My, my, my favorite one liner still is from her still is fuck you, bitch. Middle finger goes up in the air. <laughs> so um, that's my D, favorite. Why don't you make a case for CT and Johnny? Yeah. What is your position on <laughs> this? This is, this is, t- th- this is the thing. It's like between <laughs> CT, Johnny and Jemmy is like, it's going to have to come down to people like sending us clips, funny clips from them because I just, I don't think, I, I think Jemmy is always on always. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think yeah, yeah. that Jemmy and Ashley are actually the funniest uh, Queens of commentary. I don't know how we missed Ashley in here, but Jemmy and Ashley will forever be the Queens of commentary for the challenge. No doubt. Um, so I think that, you know, them, I think you need to add Ashley in here actually, to be honest with you. Well, and, I, I, well, well, I disagree. Right vote. I disagree because, I, I mean, I think Ashley's was great on both of the podcasts we had her on. Um, I think her interviews on the show this season and, and the, the one main season she was on 
were more kind of driving, you know, explaining why her and Hunter were having, you know, uh, quibbles on the on the battlefield and then explaining her decision. And I don't know that she necessarily got, quote unquote, fun or explaining her and Kyle hooking up. I don't remember her being, quote unquote, funny. Just I'm sure she was because she is. I just feel like her narrative was was sort of filled with all this other content. See, I think I think that shit's funny. Like, I I think that's part of. Like when they're like, you know, arguing and stuff, I, I don't know. I, I find that stuff funny is like, so when who they're... would you remove if you had to remove someone here? Because I mean, like, uh, it may Nelson. Be the, maybe the obvious choice is to remove Nelson, but the, the, the award is for funniest commentary. Did anyone make you laugh this season? Yeah. Even yeah. and if you include unintentionally more than Nelson, which look if he's pulling some some weird Andy Kaufman style thing where he actually knows that needy greedy is really nitty gritty and he knows that it is not the <laughs> 2018 oh. century, then this guy deserves That's every so award in the book. But I'll say this: I know that he doesn't say those things on purpose. He does it kind of just does come out. But what I appreciate about him and why I, I'm not going to just chalk it up fully to being like unself aware. He came on our podcast and one of the last questions I. Asked Asked him where, you know, when, when you see people kind of having fun with the stuff you say and memeing it and gifting it and this and that, and like, how does that make you feel? And he's cool with it. He's cool with being in on the joke. He likes it. He's bringing joy to people. He's got bigger things to worry about here and he gets it. And so to me, it's like, whether you do it on purpose or not, honestly, even if by accident, you're making me laugh, he made me laugh this year more than anybody almost <laughs> on, on screen, at least. Huh. Like, especially when he fell off that last one, uh, like it's coming down to the wire, you know, last place goes into the elimination. And round he goes around and like, like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> yeah, the rotisserie chicken. Uh, but see, when we're, we're like laughing at him, right? Like, I, like I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to like, we don't want to laugh at like it, but even though it's hard, it's hard not to, you know, laugh at stupid stuff that we do, you know, I'm, you know, I've, I've been there. Um, but you know, like you said, he's, he's a good sport about it. Um, but, and then, you know, as far as like, why take, why take him, why take him out? You just throw Ashley in there too. Um, I think Ashley's accent gets her a long way though. Like yeah, it's like Kahata. Sometimes what they're saying might not even be funny, but the way they say it, sounds entertaining. So totally that gets her a long way. I think the Brit, the British folks have the same deal. I was so captivated hearing Kaylee say some of this stuff that if you really just transcribe it and read it written out, I mean, you're like, who is this criminal sociopath? But when she (laughs) says it, it just somehow sounds fine and great and smart and articulate and civilized. I will say D you know, the reason I said, take somebody out is that there does have to be a little bit of, we're not just going to go through here and kind of just add people left and right. I'm sure there's a couple of these where we could figure out who the last <laughs> well, person out was. You well, know what I mean? I mean, I mean, let's face it. Like the challenge is filled with funny people. I mean, you could throw Tony in here, you know, yeah, like we could throw, yeah, look, funny. funny is also relative and it is a little bit subjective here. So I yeah. get it, but you know, the, the list of this one, as you can see, there's six nominees. The list could be 10 people. We decided to cut it at six. Yeah. Um, wow. you know, CT, Why? what made you choose CT? So CT, I think, you know, when it comes to, I think CT has settled into this role recently where <laughs> that over the yeah. past few seasons of the show, where it's something that his, his first few seasons were completely void of, but now he does have this funny commentary um, along with the fact that he's, you know, obviously a badass. But if you saw during the reunion, he's sitting in that back row. He's kind of just chirping in, giving advice to Hunter. Um, during Champs versus Stars, he's obviously hilarious. He, t- I mean, it was the second season. 
doesn't play a part in this, but the guy told Terrell Owens to his face that he burned $70 million. And then, of course, on the last <laughs> season of The Chance vs. Stars, the stuff with Hulk Hogan and the FaceTimes. And he's now this big Papa Bear version of CT that is still just as feared on the field, but I feel like his commentary has taken on a funny note to it. So because he's so, you know, he's used so often when he's on one of these shows, he went home fairly early on the final reckoning. I, I found this year that he was very funny. Now, maybe he's the one to remove if you want to put Ashley in there, but I, I doubt you're having me take CT off, Derek. I just, I don't, I think you add as many people as you, as you, because then it doesn't these, mean anything. Well, but the thing is, is you have a lot of powerful, you know, funny people. You yeah, know, but you I gotta, mean, if you literally just say, here's everyone who made me laugh once this year, if you're not on this list, you should get checked, you know, then there's uh-huh. no fun to it. You know, you kind of got to draw the line somewhere. You know, to be fair, I sent you this list about 18 times over the last two yeah. weeks. So I'm a little annoyed. <laughs> you're like now Dang. during the podcast acting like there's somebody you want to add. You could have mentioned yeah. that an hour ago if you really wanted to. And I would have pulled <laughs> off somebody and put her on. But at this point, we're live this, on the air. So I'm going to say no. It's really, but it's really tough to, it's really tough to, to go through these things and not actually talk it out and be like, Oh, how about this one? Oh, how about that one? And like, literally talk it out like this. Like, this is like the, I, you know, this is what it, you know, it feels like we're in the situation room when right now. This is the nomination. <laughs> when it comes to a you nomination know? for funniest commentary, does it matter who the sixth nominee is as much as say for some of these other ones who, I, who gets the third pick for rookie of the year and it means a lot more i don't think having ashley and she's probably not going to win it you know it's probably going to be a marie or a davon on here i would guess so mm-hmm. i mean look i don't think davon's that funny well that's <gasps> because she was she was mean to you d when she thought that you called no, her I, a, just, a bully. no I just i just like i said i just i, I had an he awesome davon moment I had an awesome Davon moment. Just, I just said it. It said, "Fuck you, bitch." It was awesome. I'll never forget it. But that's the type of stuff I think is funny. You know what I yeah, mean? That's your brand. I don't of think humor. she's right. Yeah, exactly. I don't. That's I don't why think, you find Johnny funny. Yeah, Johnny's a complete dick, and I think it's funny. Um, but let, to answer your question, you asked about Look, like, Susie's what? laughing. No, but Susie, I want to get your opinion on this because you're the perfect person to ask about Johnny being on a list like this. Cause I know that you, you know, he is not, you are not his target audience. I know that a lot of the things he say says makes, make you cringe. I know that cause I watch you cringe when he says them, but do you think he belongs on a list like this? Because I mean, among the people on this list, even if he's batting, say, you know, 200. So one out of every five jokes is a home run for him. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly the one on this list who tries the hardest. Right. A lot of his jokes, though, I've heard a million times over the last 15 years. Um, So I do deduct points for that. But uh, you've probably seen in the um, live Q&A's that we do when he does say something that tickles me. I'm always like mad, but I admit it. I'm always like, you know what? He's funny. I mean, he just is sometimes. So I think it's fair to have him as a nominee. Even even when even when he's like super pissed off, it's even the funniest, right? Like he goes in, he goes in, like loses to Devin in, in a light bright, right? Like yeah. is that's that's not that's not like a hardcore awesome. Whoa, look what you did! It's like it's funny. It's it's funny. You lost you lost you lost to a you lost a board game. You know what I mean? Like. It's it. This this is sometimes, and I know I may catch heat sometimes to not, you know, give you know puzzles cr- the credit that 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 they deserve. But like, you know, I'm over here working on puzzles. You know what I mean? Because it's that important. I'm just saying when big bad when the big bad wolf loses in a puzzle, it's funny. 
You know what I mean? And and the way you go out stomping out, it's funny. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, you know, he has so many of these, he has so many of those moments and, and because he's on all the time, you know, you could probably dig up 10, you know what I mean? As opposed to like two from, you know, or three from Nelson or Davon or whatever. So Susie yeah. mentioned that she's she's uh, leaning towards Marie there, and you have the right, obviously, <laughs> to change this in the next week or so, D. Especially since, uh, as I mentioned, social media. Somebody could just go on a rampage on social media and walk away with this thing in the ninth inning. So I'm not going to hold you to it. But who among this list stands out to you, D, as as most likely to get your vote here? My my initial thought is like Jemmy. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. for me. It's for me. It's Jemmy. It has been for a long time. I just think her, she has killer commentary. And then I would add Tony and Ashley because dude, Tony's been nonstop comedy for, for a while. Um, but I would love to do like, uh, you know, people to send us like these, these really funny clips, you know, all, although, you know, we all have different like senses of humor. So different people are going to make us laugh in different ways, you know, um, you know, but like, the, you know, the, the moments where you're like almost spit your water out of your mouth, you know, because it's so funny, like, you know, you know, it's all different for us. But I think Tony and, and, and Ashley deserve to be, you know, to be in here, too. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be challenge mania if you didn't just completely not answer <laughs> and pick one of the nominees, but instead propose two other ones. Um, so, OK, let's move on here. Um, to I think this is a fun one this year because and and Susie I'd love to get your thoughts in general on how they did with the casting this year and the word casting is kind of in quotes because it's one of those things where you know the art of having you know seven thousand people line up at a bar in Houston and and finding you know Jasmine or or having all these people you know line up in in Wisconsin and finding Derek and whatnot like that's casting sure and they they've done that over the years and and put together seasons of road rules in real world but now like it or not for better or for worse they're cherry picking people from other reality shows who already have built-in followings who already are kind of camera ready who already get the interview chair but i think that being said they did a good job picking those people for the challenge format um so let's talk about rookie of the year um we'll mm. start with the with the males so for the male rookie of the year there's three nominees here they are joss paulie and kyle um <sighs> It's so anyone, hard to choose. Is there anyone you think is missing from the list? I thought those no. three were kind of obvious choices that stood above uh, the rest. I don't even know who. I mean, who else would who else would be a possibility? Exactly. There? The only other people that are in the running had pretty lackluster performances. Your Vicks, right. your Rogans, etc. So these are obvious choices. Um, I'm going to announce the the women too. We can just talk about the, the 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 rookie year in general, and again getting the casting. So for female rookie of the year, the nominees are Natalie, Cam, and Davon. Um, and I think that third, the first two slots, I think were were pretty you know easy. That third slot. Um, that Devon got. There's there were some other pretty you know well performing female rookies. We talked about Kaylee before. You have Faith. You have Angela. So um, let's let's talk about all six of these nominees. And also, Susie, I want to get your thoughts on how they've done casting from these already you know relatively famous people. I mean, it speaks to how well they cast it that I can't. It, I find it very difficult to choose a male rookie of the year or a female rookie of the year, because all six of these people were so entertaining, athletic and played a really great game. So I guess they cast fantastically. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought they, I, I thought they knocked it out of the park with with the. Uh, if you want to use the term fresh meat, that I don't know that we're going to hear it used again. But yeah. I, I said, you know, it's funny that you know you get people who every every so often are like, let's do another fresh meat, and I tell them they're doing it. They're just not calling it fresh meat, and they're not fresh like fresh off the you know zero Twitter follower you know kind of obscurity plane. They're fresh off of another show, but that is what yeah. they're doing. They brought you know half of the cast for for Vendettas and Final Reckoning were complete. Um, newbies who they sometimes put on another show first, like an X on the beach or a champs versus uh, stars. I think Jose is another potential rookie candidate is there. He'll show up later on in, in another award here. Um, but, um, but yeah, so um, anybody jump out of you, it's tough. So I'm not going to hold you to it, Susie, but you know, if you had to decide today, who would you choose for, for male and female rookie of the year? So for the males, I w- it was between Joss and Polly because I really fell in love with Joss this year. But I think I would have to go with Polly in terms of like just riveting television. Even that blowout during the elimination where he, I guess he was yelling at Brad and there was the Kyle confrontation. And then all of the crap that went down in the elimination house. I mean, I got to give it to him, but it's a hard choice. Yeah, he had a good redemption run. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, redemption. D, I got to get your, I want to know what you think of male rookie of the year here because I think you sort of have a vested interest in one of these guys winning. Um, <laughs> who, 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 would you, who would you choose? I mean, you've gone toe to toe with one of these guys. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about Joss, then we can start with Joss. That's fine. Um, I mean, he ran, he had the rock of Gibraltar. You know, he's, he's had, a, yeah, he's had some like, you know, he made it to the end. He he won the first competition. Then he had the battle with that guy, the devil's advocate. And then he, um, and then he made it to the end on his second place. And by a nose hair lost, <laughs> lost by a nose hair, you know? So he's had some, I think, big athletic moments. You know, when you think Joss, when I think Joss, he's had big athletic moments already, um, and had some mm. individual wins, you know, uh, that were, you know, impressive, obviously, you know, the run up the Gibraltar, I think that's pretty impressive. Um, I think the battle's True. impressive. I think finishing second is impressive, not going into redemption at all, as opposed to your boy, Paulie, who stayed in re- redemption is good point is, is impressive. You know what I mean? The, so you start talking about political game, right? You start talking about political game and teaming up with your partner. And, uh, you know, there's something to be said by, you know, being, being the rookie and, uh, and getting into a fight with three of the biggest guys and getting sent in, into redemption, um, as opposed to, you know, uh, not, seeing, not, not seeing redemption at all. I'm Kyle didn't, yeah. Well, also Kyle didn't even see an elimination on vendettas. Kyle doesn't see an elimination on vendettas. Yeah. Okay. He makes it all the way to the end. Third place. Um, third place. Then, then what does he do on the next one? Yeah, he loses. I think he comes in seventh with uh, with, with Brad. With Brad as as like a big partner, doesn't do. I mean, he just didn't do anything impressive. You know what I mean? So when you talk about like Im- Im- impressive, you know, tallies, you know, um, I mean, you, if you want to count the 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 poly blow up and and going, you know, you know, sizing up, you know, yelling at three guys going out of elimination, like that's you know, that that's up to you. If you think that that's that's what the rookie of the year deserves is, is why he had this big blow up state in redemption most season, and then finished third. 
you know? If you're going to include the TV stuff, which sounds like Susie is when she leans towards Polly, Kyle, sure. I yeah. think, played as big a part in the overall, I mean, True on too. Vendetta's with the Kara narrative and hooking up with Marie early on and then making it all the way to the final and being that, that you know, um, the fulcrum to that sort of, you know, where she, uh, you know, turns on Leroy to side yeah. with her, her man yeah. at the time and then goes right into the final reckoning with hooking up with Faith and then obviously has the fling with Ashley and you know they certainly rely on his interview commentary as well and he's become as big of a part of the challenge world this quickly as anyone um i do think that from a tv standpoint from a a sort of uh cast member standpoint as we're calling it on the other category paulie and kyle are a notch above joss however i will say joss is the only member of this slate here who is nominated for male competitor of the year. I put him in the fourth slot because I thought yeah. that when you, when you break it down, like he won that race for the 25 grand at the beginning of, of vendettas, he was went toe to toe with D for 90 minutes and no offense D you still got the win, but it's not like you whooped his ass. He stepped out of bounds. And, and I've talked about how, if I was going to script, if that's it, if, how you want to put it. No, but I, that, I've talked about it before. <laughs> if I was going to script the thing like Vince McMahon, I would have done it exactly like that. Cause D you look like a million bucks cause you win. And, and he looks like a million bucks cause he, it's not like you embarrassed him and got the best of him. He, yeah. You know, he had mental fatigue and he stepped out of bounds. He then comes back on the final reckoning and comes, like you said, I think you said a nose hair away from winning the thing um, in the finals. So, I mean, performance-wise, I was looking at it, and as you'll see, there's three other guys who I think you might put above him for performance this year, but I thought he performed better than almost every other male other than those three. So it depends what you're going to wait here. If you're going to wait the competition, I think you have to go Joss. I think he's a notch above the other two. If you want to have the personality thing play a part in it, you might want to go Paul or Kyle because as Johnny so eloquently put it, and this is some of Johnny's funny uh, commentary, Sometimes you might have to put a coin in Joss to get him going. And I don't know that everybody had their laundry money ready for the entire season. And there were only bits and pieces <laughs> there where we really got to see Joss's personality flourish. Because we've hung out with the guy. He's funny. He's, he's, a, he's got a great personality. It just doesn't shine as much on the show yeah. as, as it did for maybe a Paulie or a Kyle. And that just might be structurally because he wasn't involved in a lot of fights and, and, and uh, hookups and stuff. Yeah, you might want to toss in like, you know, how they all look with their shirts off, too. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I do. If you want yeah, to do, do that, then I think, there? well, if we do, then Joss is a runaway winner. And that's saying yeah. something because Paulie and Kyle both look pretty good with their shirts off as well. So if you're into <laughs> tattoos, <laughs> which I'm not. What do you mean? You don't, what do you mean? You don't like Paulie's new tattoo on his oh leg? My God, don't be started on the tattoo. Did Kyle give that to him or did Kara give that to him? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, and then let's talk about the female rookies of the year as well, because I think what's interesting is that towards the beginning of this year, or at least after Van Vendetta's, it seemed like Cam would run away with this thing and she still might. But I think Natalie, who ironically went home at the hands of Cam in the, uh, in the vendetta season had a really strong showing in final reckoning. She had that season. I mean, had that, had that elimination where she got thrown around like a hamster and for the next like 10 interviews had just like so many scars and bumps and bruises on her face. I felt so bad for her. And then they come to come in, I believe third in the final as well. So a, a strong finish for Natalie and then Davon, I will be honest. I thought her and Jose performed well enough that when you throw in the personality and the TV element of it, I thought she was a lock for this third spot because to me, 
the next season that Devon is not on of the challenge is the first one that she says no to because she solidified her spot on this show, I think, in the few episodes that she got of The Final Reckoning. Her commentary was great. She got into it with Shane. She held her own in the elimination. She's a strong competitor. She's got the web series. She's got a huge following from Big Brother already. So I thought she was a lock for the third spot here. However, I'd probably give the award I'm leaning to most likely Cam, if not Natalie. And Nancy's repping for moms. She's repping for the moms, too. Yes, the mom squad. So, Susie, what about you with the the ladies? You know what? It kind of is similar to the Joss Polly problem. I think Cam was fantastic television when she did that crazy power move um, and orchestrated this whole situation on Final Reckoning. But then... Natalie blew me away with how tough she is and what a strong competitor she is. So I'm going to go with Natalie for this one, but Cam really, that was a tight race for me. Yeah. And and, I mean, you can't forget the, uh, you know, the scars from that elimination. That was unbelievable. That was uh, amazing. That was amazing. What happened that elimination of, of how beat up she was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. And she had uh, several like that where I was like, Oh my God, how is she still doing this? She's amazing. She's a beast. And you'd never guess like she seems so, um, you know, demure and, and you know, she's beautiful. And so you wouldn't expect this beast to come out and for her to be such a strong competitor. Yeah, I mean, I I I can appreciate that as far as like for challenge brutality and her taking like like taking it to the next level. Um, like man, she she definitely did it that that day. Um, but you know, uh, Cam also beat Natalie in an elimination where Natalie it seemed like she had the lead and she just didn't come out with the win. So if, if you were teetering, I mean, Cam. Went three and zero with the mercenaries. Then she faced another soft mercenary, uh, Mel Reeves, Mel, Mel, in the uh, in the final where they had the card game. And even that stupid little game, I think Cam won. No, Cam lost that one. Did she lose that? The card game? It doesn't. I can't remember. I blocked it, it out of my memory because they had to play a card game in the yeah. middle of a final. Yeah, that was. I, I guess. I guess for uh, under challenge mania standards, those are not mercenaries. Can we go off and say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I do think that cam sort of, you know, with, with cam and Kaylee teaming up this past season. And uh, like I was saying before, like Kaylee's underdog story was amazing, but they were a team during that underdog story and they came out, they beat some tough, you know, they went a couple, they went in a couple times, they beat it, you know, they beat up on the guys. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, there's something to be said about that. And cam's elimination record continues to like flourish, you know, and you know, w- in an elimination where Natalie had the lead on cam in a game where Natalie probably should have won. Um, it, it seems like she lost, you know, she, she lost control mentally and physically, you know, she, she lost that elimination. So, um, I think there's a, a big case for cam, but I, I do like when Natalie comes in and finishes second, you know, with Pauly mm-hmm. fights her way out of the redemption house with Pauly and, you know, and, and they and finished yeah. third, finished third, but you know, what sticks with them, Susie, and we don't talk about it yet. And hopefully we can get them on to talk about it is, is these, these, the, the lot, the game that they play from at, on big brother that carries over to the challenge with them little, them little baby lies that come into play. You know what I mean? <laughs> so right, do you have one in mind? Like, is there something you're thinking of specifically? Oh, yeah. well, uh, what the lies? 
What? Yeah. What is it? During the final, he's talking about where they they did the uh, the old deal up <gasps> on the poles. Oh they my said, god, that wasn't a little lie. Yeah, he swore yeah. on his family. Uh oh, swore on his family. Has anyone seen yeah. Polly's family lately? I think they've all gone missing. That'll show you, Polly. <laughs> Can't be swearing Darren, on him. What do you think of that type of of move in the game? Well, I think that those I think that those game moves started on uh did they start on the dirty 30 i'm gonna blame it on jemmy those 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 games started with jemmy um you know straight up lying to uh i don't know it was like jenna or something yeah, it was it was jenna that's what made them them vendettas and, i believe and so the lies started there like straight up i'm gonna lie to your face then it carried over with like tony and zach just straight up lying to people's faces lying to natalie you know, and saying, no, we're not, no, we got you. We got you. We got you psych, you know, you're going in. So, you know, do I, you know, do I blame like someone like Natalie, you know, n- not really, com- you know, it, it happened to her, you know this what I stuff mean? Stuff happens so- on big brother five times a season because they have all these endurance comps where they're all sitting up there. And they swear on their family though. They'll say whatever they need to say. They'll say that, you know, whatever. I mean like that, that's the thing is with the swearing on the family or, or, you know, swearing to God or, you know, swearing on this or swearing on that. It's like, it only means as much as it means to the person saying it. And these borderline strangers who have done nothing but compete with someone over the past three weeks who think that, that they just happen to have the same exact upbringing where swearing on this means exactly the same thing to both of them. I think Paulie or, and it sounds like Paulie was actually leaning towards sticking to his word, but Natalie is probably like, no matter what, my family would rather me be a half a millionaire than have broke a swear yeah. on them, you know? So like, who's the integrity <laughs> lie with, you know what I yeah. mean? True. But it True. just, you know, Susie, it just, but it just adds another element to the game. You know what Good I mean? Point. Like it's, it's not as it, it's, it's more, it's it's leaning towards that being sort of like an acceptable um, behavior, you know, or an expected behavior. Now, you know, for me, I'm like, you know, I might, you know, someone tells me something, I'm like, uh, you know, I could, I could possibly expect the opposite. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just another tricky concept to play with when, when you enter a game like that. You know, I'm just, um, I can't imagine you ever doing that saying like, I swear on my son's life. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's too much. It's, you know, it's, it's just not, it's, it's not something. It's not your style. It's not something we do, you know I mean, on, on a daily basis. You know what I mean? So. But when it's as cut and dry as, for instance, like here's the deal. If it's happening six episodes into a season or, you know, six days, <laughs> six weeks or whatever, where you're like, man, now I'm going to have to play like four more weeks with these people and they're all going to know I'm a liar. Uh-oh. Good but like point. you're literally 30 minutes away from winning <laughs> half a million yeah. dollars. This was literally as simple as they're already at the flaming fire pit and TJ's like, okay. yes or no, should we should we handcuff them? Yes or no? You're right. You you're know? right. You're right. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's oh. an easy decision you have to make. You have to t- you're almost swearing, you're almost doing what you what you're verbally saying when you say swear on your family. You're almost cursing your family when you make a decision based on pride that's gonna cost you and by association them that amount of money. Well, it's it, it, I, I think you know, swearing on whoever they swore on is sort of, it's, fake. you know, it doesn't it's fake. It, right. Exactly. So Scott's like, yeah, lie, bro. Lie, lie, your, yeah. lie your ass off. Yeah. Um, at that point, I mean, look, lying can bite you in the ass and it will might maybe bite you in the next season or if sure. it's in the middle of a season might bite you in elimination later. And I, mm-hmm. I think that does need to be taken into account where you are literally a couple of hot coals away from a million dollars. Lie, please yeah, and, lie. And, 
and and here's the thing is like I don't know how much how, those seconds of of you know what they put what they put what they chain up their legs they had to like they take still, all these keys out and and un, uncuff themselves before they went it seemed like it played a part in it and and it seemed like they they still want they still finish second or something like that. They, well, which done. means that what they did was possibly cost them. It might not have had that. Yeah. You know, it didn't lead to them yeah. winning the million. Yeah. It certainly cost them the million. Susie, yeah. what do you think about the idea? Cause on the season that uh, Sarah and Johnny uh, did the, the uh, rivals three, um, mm-hmm. all the teams had the option to split the money in, in smaller increments. Like for instance, third place had to split yeah. 16,000, whatever. So we both got to see the decisions they made. And I think they all split it, which made Johnny's decision look worse. Um, but then we also kind of just as viewers got the fun of getting to see how they would decide. And this one, for some reason, they, they went with the whole shebang all on the one. And we didn't get to even see the decision-making process to the other teams and they had to go home relatively empty handed. I know there's appearance fees and stuff, but they didn't get any prize money for making it that far. Why do you think they decided to do that? I mean, I suppose uh, from a producer's standpoint, they watched how that Rivals 3 finale, the part that's interesting is just that final moment when Johnny takes the money and doesn't really run. Um, but maybe they just thought, what's the point of these smaller ones that nobody's really going to remember or think about? That's what I would think as a producer. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. CTMobile.com. But I liked seeing what happened as yeah, a viewer. Yeah. I mean, I honestly thought they should have um, gotten on video the testimony, yeah. the answer, make every team think they won. Don't do it in 100%. a hundred percent. I'm not saying in the interview chair a week before, hypothetically, I'm saying you pull Natalie and Paulie aside. You say, you guys won. Do you split the money? Then you pull the other team aside. You guys won. Do you split the money? Then you pull this team aside. You guys won. Do you split the money? Then you pull them all aside and say, guys, actually, Ashley and Hunter won. Do I'm you so guys split that. the money? You know, yeah. and then we get to see all of them make this tremendous decision. And some of them would have had to have made it and then not get the money. Imagine oh. that. Imagine looking like a jerk on national TV and not having the million dollars to show for it. Oh, there that, goes karma. Yeah. There goes karma. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can yeah. steal that BMP. I don't even need to be what? cut in on that at all. <laughs> winner, winner, winner lose. There goes karma. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. I think the biggest the biggest issue is going to be the relationships, you know, it's like a lie like basically you're saying lies a lie. The people that were sworn on mean nothing. And that's the mentality that goes into these lies. Um, so, but, but the, the relationship that is affected are the, the, the people that were lied to. So like Joss versus Pauly, I'm interested in, you know, 
in you know Joss Joss and Pauly relationship or sure. Joss and Sylvia versus but you know that would happen and whether he swore on his family or where he or if he swore on a bag of peanuts it doesn't matter it, it, it's the promising it's the hey dude do this for me I promise I won't let you down and then he does yeah. the idea that he swore on his family I don't think his family's upset so it's whatever you got to say if you're gonna lie lie no matter how they phrase it you know what I mean like people I think. Honestly, I think you're 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 really just playing into other people's insecurities if they're able to phrase it in a way where you second guess the best move for your game. Like if someone goes, swear on your son, and you're like, crap, if I lied here, I'll win a million dollars, but he said my son. Uh, I guess I can't lie. Oh well. You know, you're mm-hmm. just you're just playing mm-hmm. into their insecurities. You're they're giving you an nah, opportunity like, to pull one I'd over. Be like, on no, them. I'd be like, no, you swear on my son, motherfucker. You swear on my son. Because right? if you <laughs> swear on my son, I know you fucking disrespected my kid. So then it's a different story. You swear on him. So I'm going to fuck you up. All right. Most improved here. So this is a little bit different from comeback. This is someone whose performance improved drastically, whether uh, from past seasons, past years, or even within this calendar year. The nominees for most improved male or female are Marie Rhoda, Shane, Jose, and Natalie. So um, from what we saw, obviously, of Jose on Champs vs. Stars, where he was sort of the <laughs> laughing stock of the show, not being able to swim. He very famously gets swimming lessons uh, in between seasons, comes back for the final reckoning. And I think him and Devon had a very fine showing there. Um, that's why I think he was a lock for a nomination here. Natalie's the one who I think, depending on how you look at her performance on uh, Vendettas, are you like, did she improve that much from season to season? But I will say within season if you look at how she performed at the beginning of the final reckoning and then making it all the way to the final you could argue that's worthy of a nomination here shane i think um improved kind of as a competitor and also i think his mental game which is obviously always something he's he's thought about i thought he executed perfectly this year more so than he had in years past he was a part of that alliance that really ran the entire final reckoning season he just wasn't there when it came to fruition down at the end but him and nelson did make it very far and then marie who I think, you know, as as uh, TJ elegantly put it, um, went from cigarettes and sadness to uh, <laughs> winning challenges and uh, making it all the way to the final, coming in fourth. But um, I think she was a lock for a nomination here. So, Susie, we'll start with you. Who jumps out of you? Uh, jumps out at you out of that bunch? Oh gosh! So I think because Jose started out so bad. I mean, he was so far below where you need to be that his improvement really is most improved but that's just because the bar the bar was so low he practically drowned uh on the champ season so he's a strong contender i totally agree with you that shane's uh mental game and strategy work really put him ahead this year but i guess marie because nobody saw her making it to the final happening anytime soon that came out of nowhere yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all, all three of them, and and Natalie almost, you know, is a, a distant fourth, but that's more of a credit to her overall performance this year yeah, than a knock exactly. on her and just not really fitting into this category. I, I'll open it up. Do you think there was an obvious choice to put in there instead of her? I was kind of struggling um, to to figure out who would be a better choice hmm. there. Um, but um, but I yeah, can't I can't th- think of anybody. 
I think Jose is a really interesting in, in case here because I think it was kind of weird that he was put on Champs versus Stars as a star when the only show he had been on was Big Brother. So it's kind of a right. head scratcher. It's like, hey, you have all these other Big Brother people going directly out of the challenge. Why do you get to make this pit stop on Champs versus Stars on the Stars end? You know, you you actually only made it about three episodes into Big or three weeks into Big Brother. So he's not even like a Big Brother winner or Big Brother star, but they obviously saw something in him and I sorry I don't know whether this is you know something that you guys would allow on on the air but this is a little behind the scenes scoopage um on the day that Jose almost drowned there was somebody from the corporate uh side of Bina Marie someone who's not Mm, normally on set yeah one of the challenge gods was on set and watched it happen and then that was the decision to make him go on to the challenge, which shocked me because that would make me think, don't put him on the challenge because so much of it involves water and, um, you know, swimming. And, but they felt like that would make him, um, a good challenge player for whatever reason. So I thought that was an interesting casting BTS story. Well, I, I, yeah, go ahead. mm. I just think the reasoning behind that is, is it it could make for a compelling story, you know, like a nice compelling comeback story. And at the same time, like, you know, it's, is it, is it cool? You know, is it, is it better TV if people, you know, you know, look silly during the competitions and fall or fail, you know what I mean? Or is it, is it cooler to watch people complete them, you know, to each their own, to each their own. And to have a little mix there too. Yeah. Yeah. And nonetheless, he's, he's still going to go from zero to something else, you know, something better. You know, and and he did. And, and he now did. he's getting nominated he for most improved. So I think if that's the reason, that if they saw that and they thought, hey, there's a potential here for improvement, that'd be an interesting storyline. Yeah. Then obviously that came to fruition. What's interesting for me is I think he is a layup of a casting decision from a, a personality standpoint. I think that there's, for the most part, no one else like him on the show, which I which I love. Um, and I do think that the only knock against him would be you'd watch Champs versus Stars and say, what kind of a chance does this guy have on the challenge? But he proved everybody wrong because, as I said, him and Davon performed very well. So he might be the one getting my vote here, although – with uh, with Marie here, who I do think you know deserved the nomination, um, I don't know if I'm going to give her the win because uh, again she made it to the final, but it was you know a, a partnership thing with with Kara um, as well. I, I you know I, I keep going, my brain just keeps going back to Shane because Shane to me really was in the driver's seat for a lot of that season. Um, you know he was on Vendettas mm-hmm. as well. I think it almost like you know. You know, it's it's almost improvement isn't the word here, but he just took a step up in in relevance. I think on on just like you know all elements of the playing field. He was on that champs versus stars season in there, and he is not a champ. He's probably the furthest from being a champ of the people ever cast on that show. So clearly, the challenge gods want more of Shane in their life, as do I, as do a lot of the viewers. Whether you love him or hate him, he was TV gold all year, and I don't know that he was a, he was always a beloved cast member, uh, but I don't know that he was always considered to be a must-have like he was this past year. Um, so, I mean, I, I keep going. I mean, for me, it's between those two guys. Um, 
because you know Shane didn't necessarily start at the the bottom like like Jose did, and Jose had this this massive improvement in his, in his skill set skill set there. I think Shane literally went to the upper echelon of relevancy here, and I think that's the largest jump you're going to see among the people on this list. So uh, yeah, it's a that's tough a good one. point. Going down to the wire for me with that one. D, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Uh, I think Marie. Um, I think Marie and Cara didn't. For me, they weren't like they were at the bottom of the list of of uh, of teams that are going to make it to the end on this on the final reckoning. And you know, and Marie's never been to a final. And you know, that's 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 a big leap from you know not ma- barely making it past halfway ever on a challenge to making it you know to a final. I think that's a I think that's a big deal. She had some nice, compelling moments also for me, Shane, you know, the leader of the lavender ladies, you know, I think he stepped it up as like, you know, being like, you know, the, the mouth of, of, for the, you know, for the lavender ladies and sort of, you know, the lavender ladies were like the standout Alliance this season. And, you know, he kind of helped propel that and get them there, you know, but he's always been a solid, seems to me like a solid competitor, you know, um, and you know, him and Nelson, you know, gave it a, gave it a shot, but they were front runners, you know what I mean? Um, and then Jose, you know, we talked about him and then Natalie, you know, Natalie's, uh, you know, Natalie was pretty solid. She made it to the end. She went yeah. to the redemption house. Uh, but she was of, always pretty solid. I thought, I thought she was solid too, but then, you know, they fought their way out of the redemption house and yeah, made true. it to, and made it to the end, you know, and they won a couple. They won a couple, uh, a couple, uh, um, individual yeah, competitions. Yeah. So she's, you know, she, you know, they finished third, right? They finished third. So, um, who yeah, you, they, I mean, that's why we're doing the show. That's why we're doing the show. <laughs> you want him to pick one. No, I mean, yeah. uh, d- d- is there a front runner in your mind? Cause I'm with you D I couldn't pick right now. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to see how well, some of these votes that come in, uh, well, how, th- how they go, because to be honest with I you, bet you'll th- win. Who do you think? You think Marie will win? I think, yeah, I think the fans will pick her. I'd be well, totally I, okay with that. Well, I, I also, I'm also interested to hear the response, you know, because there's going to be stuff that we miss. You know what I mean? We see, That's so true. you know, like, like for example, um, you know, Susie says, oh, well, Polly had this big three on one, you know, this big three on one against the guys. It's, it's, it's what I remember, what she remembers, you know? And I go, you know, and, and that's like a big moment for her. And then, she, you know, I go, Oh, they made it out of redemption house. They won a couple of daily. She's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No shit. I, yeah. I forgot about that. Same thing with Davon. I'm like, I don't think she was that funny. I just remember fuck you bitch. And then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> Davon army is like, Oh, you didn't think this is funny. Oh, you didn't think this is funny. And I'm like, Oh shit. That's pr- that, that was pretty funny. Oh yeah. yeah. And I remember that is pretty funny. Oh shit. Dude, she's pretty fucking funny. And then, you know, and I get nothing from like, you know, CT where like, you know, um, you know, Scott's like, you know, I think, you know, CT's, you know, sort of like the, you know, the big, you know, big fella, you know, crack, you know, he's, he's sort of taken on a different character. You know, it's like, th- that's why we're having talking about this right now. Like, we're, that's why I feel like we're in this situation room, you know, it's just, it's just us three right now, but what we're going to get coming in and other people's thoughts may sort of sway. So we've got like, what, how long? Two weeks? Uh, remember vo- when 
Yeah. On the reunion when they were talking about how the fans are like the CIA. It's like yeah. that in this case too. Like we'll forget big stuff and they'll be like, Oh no, you forgot this huge moment. Yeah. And then that person will win the category. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're going to have a one, you know, so I'll let everybody know while they're listening. So if you are a patron and you are going to get to vote um, for right today, as you're hearing this, go over to the Patreon site, patreon.com slash challenge mania. If you are an active patron, there will be a, uh, a way for you to vote. It is password locked. Um, please do not share that password. Um, and you know, you'll be able to vote for this for upwards of one week. So I believe it's around 1145 on January the 2nd is when it will expire. So you have a week, hopefully you listen to this, you'll see us posting on social media and on the Patreon to remind you. So you have a week to get your vote in. Um, and please let us know. I mean, message us on Patreon as well, or hit us up and let us know why you voted for who you voted for, if you think we missed anything um, also. Okay, let's get to the uh, the last five awards here. Um, we'll start with the one that I think is the most cut and dry, which is competitor of the year. This is awarding excellence in competition, athletics, success, effort, etc. Um, this is very cut and dry, I think, as far as you know the definition of the award. Uh, male competitor of the year. The nominees are... Tony Raines, Hunter Barfield, Zach Nichols, and Joss Mooney in his rookie year taking the fourth spot here. Tony Raines making the final on Vendettas, I believe coming in, uh, was it, uh, came in, didn't make that second half of the final, but did make the final there. Winning Champs versus Stars 3 along with CT, and then getting eliminated in the final elimination with Johnny against Paulie and Natalie to head into that final. And I will put the asterisks here that there was a an initial final that I mean initial elimination that apparently they were winning that had to get cut short because of technical malfunction. So who knows revisionist history? Would they have went into the final? Would they have won the final? Who knows? But an all-around great year for Tony. Hunter Barfield, as we said, we talked about him in the Comeback Player of the Year conversation. He comes back from that wrist injury, wins the final reckoning, doesn't really have to win a lot of eliminations along the way. I really only remember them in that initial one with the headbutting and the punching to get into the house, and then from there it was kind of hanging in there in the dailies and, and winning that final. But a championship nonetheless, the only male to win a championship on, a, on either Vendettas or the Final Reckoning. Zach Nichols, who came in second on the uh, Vendettas final and who, in very courageous fashion, was eliminated from the final reckoning because he threw himself and Amanda in because he does hold his honor uh, in very high esteem and did not want to turn on Tony and Johnny and thus put him and Amanda in. They end up going home not because of that but because of an injury he suffered in that elimination. And lastly, Joss, who, um, you know, we have another award he's up for here we'll get to a little bit later, but he was also up for Rookie of the Year, wins the Rock of Gibraltar, goes home via the hand of D on Vendettas, comes back and comes in second place on the Final Reckoning with Sylvia. Um, those are the four males for the Pedro of the Year. Who jumps out at you, Susie? Well, the part of the reason I didn't choose Joss for Rookie of the Year was because I wanted to save him for this one because I was so impressed with him. Um, if you are going to, I know it says competition and athletics are the criteria for it, but I also kind of, just really liked the way he worked with um, Sylvia and the way that the, they were greater than the sum of their parts. So I, he was a standout for me. I was not impressed with Zach, to be honest, and especially the way he treated Amanda made me not really like his performance this year. Hunter, he did fantastic. He's a, a great person to vote for. And I didn't really, I wasn't into Tony. Maybe it was the bananas effect for me. 
Interesting. Wow. And you don't think that he, so, I mean, he was obviously tied to bananas for a good portion of the final reckoning, but that was because he turned on bananas and was single-handedly responsible for removing bananas from your life for a few <laughs> months. You don't, you, do, you, do you forget about that very easily? That's so true. That's so true. But I don't know, the, the final reckoning situation kind of soured it for me. Well, there's three second place winners on here and wow. one, one winner um <laughs> of the intercontinental championship as of you the said. inter of the of the little cha- of the the smaller challenge of the smaller competition he won he won and, the champs versus stars hashtag and, viewers revenge and he won with ct um and he won with ct um which was still also the, like seemed like may have been a tougher final than either one of the final reckoning or the final reckoning or vendettas so um, I, you know, if, if we're just going off of that, you know, and you've got to start counting like, you know, individual wins, impressive wins, impressive moments. Um, you know, Zach had an impressive moment, you know, Joss had, um, a few impressive moments. Hunter had, you know, coming back from the wrist injuries in, in, impressive, you know, making it, you know, to the end is impressive. But also, uh, Zach also finishing second is, is impressive. You know, did Hunter actually win that? competition is, you know, you know, impressive, you know, um, you know, Josh pot potentially losing on a white lie, you know, still sort of impressive yet. Maybe not depending on how you look at it, you know, cause you went with the lie or you, you trusted someone you built a com- camaraderie with, you know, um, you know, Tony, you know, I think if you have Tony in here, I, yeah, I just wonder what CT's done in the past. I, I don't know what, what's, what's CT stuff, Scott. Well, so the reason Tony's on here and not CT, even though they both won champs versus stars is that is for the most part, competition wise, the only thing CT did this year, he was not on vendettas and he had, you know, unfortunately due to the format on the final reckoning, him and Veronica lose one daily, that meat swing challenge, mm-hmm. they go into redemption and they never get to compete again. Yeah. They go out mm-hmm. via the pulling of the X. So again, a flaw in the system, but because of that, we really only saw CT compete on chance versus stars. And that is not why Tony is on here, not for winning that intercontinental championship. I don't think that's enough to have said, say, put CT on here. It's the mixture of that along with the very strong finish on final reckoning and the final appearance on uh, vendettas that I think put Tony on here for me. Um, But CT, you will see does appear on the cast in the cast member award um, where you can toss in that wedding special and kind of the overall, you know, importance he has, uh, you know, in the story of the franchise this year as well. But for competitor and comp- competing, I think it would be a little bit, I, d- I don't know what the word is, but I just, I, I, I had a sour taste in my mouth of awarding someone who competed as, as little as CT did this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I understand. No, t- Tony definitely made it, you know, he's, he's starting to like, you know, come out, you know what I mean? He, he, he definitely came out, you know, this season as a Tony time. As I a mean, it's like he has a catchphrase. Yeah. He has his own merch <laughs> shop. And if you, if you don't know, it's uh Tony time, uh, mm-hmm. dot store. I believe you can get your Tony time merch today. Um, yeah. I mean, the guy's become a, a branding expert and entrepreneur. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a guy who look, I will even say, I mean, just some of his past behavior on the show, his performances were lackluster. He would get into fights with his own brother. I mean, you know, the guy was a mess. And to see that he went from that 
to yeah. the year that he had. Granted, you know, a lot of you know he might have have been in the conversation had we did this done this last year for comeback player of the year or most improved. Because I do think Vendetta, I mean, Dirty Thirty is when he kind of took that next step. So he doesn't really belong in those categories for this year. But this year, he obviously continued it on and rode it into the sunset. This to me was the year of Tony time. Um, to me, it's I mean, it, it, it is tough here because I, I would put Zach at fourth. Um, I do think there's not really the body of work there besides the, the finish on um, the second place finish on Vendetta's, which when you look at the fact that it was individual, he did come as close as anyone did to sort of winning one of these things. The fact that he individually came in second to Cara individually. So these other, you know, team challenges and whatnot um, of the other people on this list, he was almost the closest to winning a, a complete final other than Hunter here who, who won the, the team challenge with uh with Ashley. So to me, it's between Tony Hunter and Joss. It's going to go down to the wire for me too. I'm not picking anybody on record here, Um, Mm. but I think a very strong category with these four guys, I think. And and to kind of bump, bump Susie a little bit there too. He did go out there and pretty much cut, cut Johnny bananas, cut Johnny bananas peels. um, (laughs) And then got partnered with him. You know what I mean? So it's like that. Also, you talk about the mental game and you're right about that. D is that, you know, as far as, you know, cause he's not the one who ended up sealing the deal. That was Devin who won the elimination, but Tony made the, the, the vote to send Johnny in, which then got him partnered with Johnny, obviously some extenuating circumstances with Devin having to leave for a little bit, but gets partnered with Johnny. But guess what? There's two ways to play the the we're supposed to hate each other partnership. And one of them is just to quickly nip it in the bud and work with that person. And although it makes for terrible TV, that's the route they went. And to their credit, they made it almost to the final that way. So, you know, obviously, is it more fun at home to see people kind of, you know, uh, still, you know, having trouble working together? Sure. But those guys quickly swept it under the rug and put it behind them. So Tony getting the best of both worlds. He makes that that groundbreaking move to, to get Banana sent home. And then when it's time for them to work, together there's no hard feelings which got them all the way almost to the final so i do think some really savvy gameplay from tony this year to go along with the with the competition and the and, athletics as well and they had their backs against the wall there for a little bit kind of came out on top a few times i feel like like won an elimination or won a redemption or something like that and and, and got back in the game after having you know all of tyb lavender ladies you know a, a, a house full of just lavender ladies and tyb you know what i mean so they came, they had a couple like good moments there like getting out of it you know what i mean swinging back you know and you know i think tony needed that a couple times it was you know good it was good tony it's a good tony year for sure um it sounds like what's funny is i i'm with you and i think tony you know is in that conversation with the other two might even end up getting my vote and it sounds like he was almost immediately crossed off by Susie. so it's so funny the the perspective here and that's why we wanted to have Susie on and that's why we want to get so many different perspectives here when we're getting the, the votes for these things because it's so fun we all watch the same show and we all kind of have different <laughs> perceptions of tony's success rate or success level of this year and um which is interesting and that's why we want to hear from all the Johnny stands and all the anti Johnny stands on Twitter to find out. Yeah, well, I'm cool. We don't need to hear from every Johnny. Stand. <laughs> um, but OK, let's go to the female competitor of the year, which I think is very competitive as well, for lack of a better term. Same stakes here, same criteria. But I do think you can probably break these two sets of women into two tiers here. Um, the nominees for a female competitor of the year are Car Maria Ashley Mitchell, both of which obviously 
uh, won a championship this year. Kara winning Vendettas, Ashley winning the final reckoning. Then the last two slots are Killa Cam, who was also up for Rookie of the Year and was an elimination beast, competed on all three shows this year, Vendettas, Champs versus Stars, although she did go home at the hands of Brooke Hogan, and then the final reckoning where she came in sixth with Kaylee. And then Sylvia getting the fourth slot here. I think might if we had an award for most underrated, I think she would be, you know, maybe a shoe-in for that because Sylvia, if you think about it, is a is a comp beast both in this in the singles competitions like she had against Melissa on Vendettas, in the team competitions, her and Joss taking out Tony and Johnny in one of those. And they came in second place on the final reckoning, really close to winning that money there. So um, four really tough ladies here who I all think are deserving in their own right. I just think when you add those championships there, it's a, it's a big flashy way to measure success. So I would lean towards probably Cara or Ashley here. However, it would be fun to honor a Cam or a Sylvia as well. And hopefully the nomination serves as that for me. Yeah, Cara Maria is my winner because she won all by herself and then was able to successfully get Marie to a final. Um, so that for me seals the deal, but I think a lot of people are going to go with Ashley just because of the million dollar thing. Um, and like you said, Cam and Sylvia had great years, but I don't think they are the winner. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting that you put that. You're like, Oh, well yeah. Carl won, made it to three finals got Marie like to her first final, which is a feat in itself. Oh, it is. Marie doesn't freaking shoot me after saying that, but <laughs> that's a big deal. Um, but you go, Oh, Ashley won a million dollars. Yeah. That's cool. And all three finals is cool, but to be fair before, I just got to throw this in there to be fair. It's hard to erase it from your memory. And, and, and it is a, a feat that she's the only person who made the final in all three seasons of this trifecta or trilogy as they call it. But technically the dirty 30 should not play a part in the voting decision. So the fact that Carl oh, made shoot. the final in that should mm. not be taken into consideration, but it is hard to forget that, yes, that yes, she has yes, been on bad. top for so long here. And, and if you do look at this trilogy, if they had rammed it into our head that these three seasons were part of this epic trilogy and had such right. a continuous mm. narrative, yada, 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 Kara yeah. was as, as much of a mainstay in that as anyone in both storyline and in success here. You're right, the making the final in all three of them, it, winning the one in the middle. So, yeah. Yeah. But my fault, but this year is solely on uh, Vendetta, Champs 3, Champs and, Stars, and uh, yeah, Final Reckoning. Final Reckoning. So Carl wasn't on Champs for Stars, and she you won one and made it to the final with Marie on, yeah, on no, one. I'm with, I'm and, with you. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure – I can't really remember. I'm sure she won a couple – won an elimination or two somewhere in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's big time. That's big time. But, you know – does the does the million dollars mean more to some people? Yeah, does and, that trump everything else? Yeah, and then that's interesting because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have put that up there. You know, I wouldn't. I just don't think I don't. I didn't think like that. So, um, but yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. And then Cam is just like this, you know, new like she's just like you know made a name for herself this year. Hasn't won one. Made it to a final. Um, you know, went up against Brooke Hogan, lost that one, but still great elimination record, right? She's probably got the best elimination record, you know, within the last, you know, three seasons that we just, that we just mentioned, uh, than, than the other two, you know, and Sylvia, you know, it's just, it's just tough for her to, to compete with these, you know, I think she made a name for herself, finished second, um, did well, you know, awesome elimination there against Mel, Mel and, but you know, it's just, it's hard to compete with the other two, but Cam for, you know, 
it has that elimination record. I think that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and it's interesting. Cam has the ability to win Rookie of the Year here. Sylvia doesn't, but you know this kind of in a, in a way mentally sort of feels like Sylvia's rookie year, but it's not. So she's technically not up for that. But um, but yeah. So I'm I'm with you. Uh, you know, I, I really can't decide at this point between Cara and Ashley, but um, would not be surprised if people took those other things into account to add on to. Kara's, you know, checklist there on top of the Vendetta's win when you throw the final, uh, taking Marie to the final, sorry, Marie, but taking Marie to the final, um, you know, adding that on, whereas Ashley, you kind of have the final reckoning win, which did get a late start with the mercenary entry. Um, maybe that pushes Kara over the top. Right. Here, who knows? Um, whatever happens, even if Kara wins and I don't even vote personally, I'm sure we'll be called biased for having well, given call, her that award. Well, well, and here's another thing to take into account. Ashley did champs versus stars. How did she do there? Cara did not do champs versus mm-hmm. stars. And Ashley, you know, wasn't really on vendettas, you know, but she but came Cara, in as a merc- but- she came in as a mercenary and lost. On, on right. It's close. Look, it's down to the wire here. They're ironically both up for this <laughs> award as well. Female cast member of the year. This one is one that I think takes a little bit of explaining. So, um, you know, I just want to take a moment to say this is sort of, you know, we watch the show. It's a TV show. So say, mm-hmm. say for instance, there were no competitions on this show. These are who would be nominated for the female cast member of the year, which we are judging as, I don't want to use the word excellence, but shining a light on personality, TV, drama, the role they played in the overall narrative of the challenge, the show we watch with popcorn in hand every Tuesday for the calendar year. Okay. So if it, so, so if it was a movie, it'd be like, movie for best drama and this would be be them well it's you know the word drama i think is is oversimplifying it it doesn't necessarily have to just be drama i know i'm just kidding but but it's entertainment value exactly entertainment value so for the female cast member of the year the war the nomination the nominees are cara maria and ashley once again kayla and amanda (laughs) <laughs> I'm going with Ashley on this one. Uh, she caused a lot of drama. She had some meltdowns. She had some dramatic exits. And then she, t- you know, took all the money. That's uh, some good TV. I thought she was hilarious on Champs vs. Stars. And when she, like, put that piece of paper on somebody's head, she was like, I don't I don't know if she put on like Devin's head or something like that. I can't remember whose head, but she like dropped it, bam, right on their on their head. I'll never forget that. She was so funny. Um, but, you know, Kara's had, you know, you know, some interesting moments, too. And uh, who are to Amanda and Kayla. Why did you choose K- Kayla for this list? So Kayla was involved in all three seasons this year. She was. Mm-hmm. On the season of Vendettas, where she came in second for the women, um, she also on that show played a part in the quote unquote drama. She was involved in Suitcase Gate. Um, then <laughs> she was on the Champs versus Stars season, had some funny moments with Drake in there. Um, she is, from what I can gather from just taking the pulse of the challenge universe, um, one of the more popular female cast members of the show. And everything she does on the show just gets a lot of chatter going, whether you're for or against it. She then, of course, had a very short-lived career on The Final Reckoning, but that's because she came in and had this big fight with Melissa in episode one. And 
I know that this doesn't really need to play a part in it, but as far as like finding ways, obviously, to get these people on other shows as much as you can, um, you know, rumor has it she might be tur- tuning up, tur- turning up on another MTV show in the coming right. years. So you know, and you know, I do think that she has become among the younger girls uh, or younger women or females a face of the show. And you know, I think that there's a lot of Team Cara, Team Kayla stuff. A lot of that stuff is kind of faded there over the over the last few months and because some of the Cara stuff has now been offloaded onto Amanda and Ashley and other people who have been maybe a little bit meaner to Cara lately but I do think when we started this podcast you know I didn't know a lot about Kayla I didn't really watch her real world season she hadn't played a large role in the challenge universe yet but I will say over the last calendar year I would say she feels to me to be as big a part of it as anyone. So that's why she sort of, this felt like a a place to put her here. Um, There's not really another award, I think, where where it made sense. But this one, when I looked at it, and you don't want to award people for getting into fights or necessarily award people for throwing people's luggage off a balcony, but she certainly was in a lot of the challenge conversation throughout the year. Yeah, unless you're on a reality show. If that makes sense. So, I mean, is it, yeah. does she is, now, does she for, for you make more sense here than say Amanda? Cause I mean, Amanda, I think had the flashier moments towards the end of the year here, obviously the, the, uh, very high profile wars of words with both Zach and, uh, by, you know, by, you know, sort of association Jenna, and then also with Cara Maria, and then a little bit with Johnny on this last season, but she was more quiet during the, during the front end of the year and Kayla see more of that constant. So to me, it's kind of like, like, you know, Amanda sort of makes sense now because she's fresh in her mind and was such a big part of the final reckoning, whereas yeah. Kayla was sort of more throughout the entire year. If that That's makes any true. Sense. I, I thought Amanda deserved the, the a nominee, though. I, I She never disappoints. She always is stirring the pot and, you know, causing trouble. She isn't afraid to speak her mind. And she was, you know, involved in a lot of the Lavender Lady drama. So I think she's a good nominee. I just wouldn't vote for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people might be surprised to see her on this list because a lot of the stuff she said on the show we we kind of came down on or we disagreed with her stance of certain things or the way she maybe treated certain people on social media or at fast food restaurants or whatever. But, you know, the, the <laughs> point of this award, I mean, she had us talking every week. She continues to have us talking every week. I don't know if you saw it last week, Susie. I very nicely asked her if she wanted to come on the podcast, and she said, and I quote, I would rather die. And so I, I I said, you know, as much as obviously she's declined to come on the podcast, which you never like to hear, if you're going to hear it, I, I at least enjoy and get a little bit of satisfaction out of hearing it in such an on-brand way for her, you know? It, you know, so it's one of those things where, you know, she definitely, it, you know, she lives the gimmick, she lives the character, and she has become this character that a lot of people dislike and a lot of people like and a lot of people appreciate how candid and, and and honest she is and blunt she is wherever you lie on whether you like or dislike her you do have an opinion on her and this award is meant to be for i don't want people to be nominated for this award and you to be like you know i don't really have an opinion on him or her and i think that these four ladies here you have an opinion on and so this isn't meant to be a, a popularity contest here right um it is meant to in in some ways be you know a popularity slash unpopularity contest. As long as you're something to someone, that's what matters here. The people who are kind of indifferent, who are maybe just like well-liked, but, you know, can take them or leave them, this is not the award for them. So I think Amanda, Kayla, Cara, and Ashley are all well-deserving here. Is there anyone you you were surprised not to see here? 
Ooh, maybe. Oh, that's tough. The cam, the cam debacle was pretty good with Sylvia and the plotting. That was pretty memorable, but not deserving to be nominated. I took that itself. as actually more of a competition move, just a mental one. Yeah, but her flair in the interviews with that like thing she would wear, like I don't know if it was fur or what. Yes. I don't know. It a was boa. pretty entertaining. The boa, I believe is, is called. <laughs> How about Angela? How about Angela? Yeah. But like what is she what is she doing that's memorable? John. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Who and, is she doing? And now Nelson, I guess, apparently. True. That that's not enough for me. Um so so here it's at you said it's Ashley for you D does somebody jump out as having your vote right away for uh, this one? It's it's going to take me some time to think about this one, Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um okay. yeah, I'm not going to officially cast a vote as well, but for me it's probably between Ashley and Amanda here. Um okay. I love enough, how you explained Amanda. He's like the, you're like she said she'd rather die. <laughs> and then and then he was like he went on to be like but, and, but she's so great. No, but that's my point is that this award is for someone that when you say, hey, uh, we've had three three out of the four Lavender Ladies on the podcast, it would be great to have you on. Would you like to come on? The person who says, eh, no thanks, is not going to be nominated for this award. The person who says, I would rather die because that's part of their brand. Yeah. Slow clap to you, my friend. Um, but, you know, Ashley, I think, dig, did it on a bigger scale and to, and to more success. And I think that when you look back on this year, you're going to maybe remember her. But, um, but yeah, who knows? Um, okay, let's go to the male cast member of the year. So same criteria, but for uh, men. I think there's a couple here you might question, uh, Susie. But um, the nominees for male cast member of the year are Devin Walker. Let's go. Tony Time Reigns. CT, who with, with CT, I am including the fact that he did get his own two-part wedding special here, um, <laughs> because although it's not part of the challenge per se, and nobody's like awarded a winner, and there's not a competition element to it, I mean he's providing with his personal life two extra weeks of challenge-related content on MTV, <laughs> and there's there's few people arguably that they would give that opportunity to, or, or even you know plant that flag you know in the in the sand with, and then fourth. Last but not least, well, maybe least, depending on who you're asking, Johnny Bananas for male cast member of the year um, here. And, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on all these guys, Susie. I was captivated by Devin all year. He was putting, you know, words to what Sarah and I often feel. He was unapologetic in his rage and hatred for Johnny. And um, he never backed down. And so... I would say he is my vote. I think you made a strong case about Tony and Tony time earlier that I think he might be a strong contender in this category. I'm totally bored of CT if I'm honest and Johnny, I've obviously had enough of. Yeah. I I will say with those guys and neither of them are are getting my vote. um, I will say that I do feel like on this show, you know, you know, you have a Devin and a Tony, which is why they're nominated and why frankly, one of them will probably get my vote who are, are working their way up to that level, but they're not there yet. And uh, until these guys are replaced, to be honest with you, when you think of the challenge, even in 2018, 
even though they didn't necessarily win one, CT did win champs versus stars. Um, you still think of Johnny. You still think of CT. There's still a large part yeah. of the conversations here. CT in the limited camera time he got on the show because of just, like I said, the, the flaws in the format of the Final Reckoning, still is someone at the tip of everyone's tongue every week. You know, we get a tweet every day begging for us to have him on the show. Um, you mm. mentioned the wedding special as well. Probably not going to get my vote, but he's still a face of the show and clearly very well liked by the challenge gods and by the, a large percentage of the challenge community. His Q rating to me is surprisingly high. And when I say high, I mean like 99 to 100%, which is crazy for someone who had the like intro into this franchise that he had. It's almost like everyone's forgotten that because now he is so funny and kind of self-aware and, and whatnot. Big Papa Bear. So I like that's why he's in there. And Johnny, again, you know, it goes to the Amanda thing. Everyone who watches the challenge has an opinion not only on Johnny, but on what he says or does on an episode-by-episode basis. And that that includes those of you who can't stand him, who send me links and videos of the, the, the deplorable behavior he's had in years past or even up to this year on the reunion. You cared enough to do that. You know, nobody is mm-hmm. sending me clips of, of videos of, you know, Jose or sending me clips mm-hmm. of, of Joss or Pauly or no offense, Derek to say, Oh my God, can you believe what these guys did? They're doing that. And for better or for worse, it's because they care. A lot of them care because they hate it and they loathe it. And they think the guy should be banished, but they care. And so Johnny is still, you know, the face of the franchise, whether he should be or not is a separate, you know, conversation. He, to me is a lock for a nomination here. I I do like what you said about Devin and Tony. I think that's for me and what I'd like to, you know, kind of be able to look at these awards going forward and say, oh, that's the year that was the year of Devin or that was the year of Tony. And and looking back on it, you're like, oh, yeah, 2018 was sort of the changing of the guard there where it became more their show and less just Johnny's show. So I would like to see one of those guys win probably. But I think it's fitting that they're going to have to win over a CT and a Johnny. But a lot of those clips that people are sending to you of Johnny, part of that is because it's cumulative. He's just been on for so long and there's so much content that it all adds together. And this is for, you know, cast member of the year. So it has to be, you know, was this Johnny's year? And I would say it was not. Yeah, it was Mm. it was not his year. However, it might have been Devin's because of what he did to and against Johnny. So I think that sort of importance that he has in in even being able to pass the torch even unwillingly to someone else by losing to them or by being on the receiving end of an argument or fight with them, you know, says a lot about his importance. Um, So that's why it's like, you know, he's in here over, say, if you you wanted to put someone else in here. Like a Paulie is someone I actually considered for this. Um, But but I just think Johnny, the consistency, you know, being, being on for long enough on both seasons and having so many people's names and games elevated just by their proximity to him. I think yeah. it's going to take a while before it wears off to where he's not in this conversation. D, what about you? I got an int- I got an interesting stat for this year, uh, Johnny stat for this year. Did he do champs versus stars? No, he did. He didn't do this one. He didn't. Is is that has that season been has champs versus stars been renewed? Uh, um, <laughs> anyways, you're going to say um, that the show got canceled because Johnny Bananas is, was not on it. No, just. Just throw, just just an interesting stat that just popped in my head. The guy's been on, I don't know, 18 seasons, let's say. I don't know what it is. 18 seasons. He's probably done about, I don't know. That was the first one he's missed, right? And yeah, obviously he's in on everything, right? He's in, he's in every freaking 
ridiculous scene that uh, possible. Yeah. Right? He shows right, up in right. the background of arguments he's not even a part of, like that yeah. great yeah. argument between uh, Shane and, and Davon, neither of which are friends with Johnny, and uh, you would understand why he'd be there. He's in the background somehow. He's, he, he's stirring it up. He, he, he's, a, he's a professional at this point. He's a trained professional. And, um, you know, they still haven't done a full season without him. And the one season this year that they did without him is not being renewed. Just mm. fucking, uh, I just came up with, I just figured, you know, I mean, I just put two and two together right now. And that is just a crazy, uh, it's just like you said, whether you love him or hate him, he is, he's synonymous with Joe. And, and like, and at this point they're like, they don't know whether they, they can do a season without him or not. You know what yeah. I mean? They, I mean, they, he got a, he got a fake mercenary spot. Just to see. They let him play poker during the Vendettas finale is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, so is he getting your vote? Is Johnny getting your vote for this thing? Oh, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just. We're I'm we're just talking out loud about this stuff. I'm not. No, I'm I know. Not I want to know how much. How much? Because you seem very proud of that stat you just put together about uh, yeah. Chance versus Stars Four not taking place. Maybe I it's don't. because of Johnny's lack of a presence on season three. Is that enough to get him your vote, or do you I'm think not, that the moves Tony and Devin made against him get gets them your vote? I, I'm not saying it's like this proud Johnny moment. I'm just saying like that's that's a fucking. He crazy is the only fact, person right? here. I'll side with your boy here, D. He's the only person on this list besides. CT, if you count the wedding special, to get their own national television show that doesn't involve the challenge. So the first look thing, you know, and I think he appeared on The Tonight Show in 2017, so, so that doesn't count. But, I mean, to, to get his name, literally his name on an NBC show that airs after SNL, the time slot everyone's been clamoring for, you know, to, to get <laughs> that and to put the, the challenge name in – you know, I don't know where they are, but there's got to be a couple press releases out there on, you know, the, the, the desk of the executive of TV Guide Network or whatever, who the challenge name is now on their desk because it is, you know, challenge star Johnny Bananas is hosting the show. So he's doing even indirectly a little bit of service for the show by succeeding in other avenues in the hosting space. Say what you will about the show or whether you watch it. We're not going to talk that that doesn't necessarily play a part in the voting here, but he does. I mean, just by nature of his stature and his ambition, he does put the the challenge brand out there to people that wouldn't maybe be seeing it otherwise. On so, on an, on on another note, though, like he ha- I haven't seen him do something like superbly impressive this year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I like he like he didn't like go into an elimination or have multiple eliminations where he like you know was the underdog or. Or, or something along those, even like, you know, you know, got Devin back into elimination and was able to, you, you, well, you know, that's the, not necessarily for this award though. The winnings and the losings of eliminations, right. the, this is drama. Yeah. And you want to talk about drama. And we and mentioned Devin, Devin versus Johnny was big drama this season. Yeah. Big drama. It might come you know? down to what side a lot of the voters, you know, come down on when it comes to that ordeal. You know, if yeah. you think that he overstepped by talking about Devin's father who had just passed away, maybe you're like, you know what? Even though, Johnny, you're the name that elevated that feud, I'm voting for Devin because I think you, you you hit him with a low blow. If you don't think – there's a lot of people who wrote me and said, Scott, why are you getting on Johnny about talking about Devin's dad? Devin followed him around for four hours. At that point, you could say whatever you want. Anything's fair game. Those people might be voting for Johnny. So where did you come down on that? 
Suze. I, I forget wh- where, you know, I know I watched you guys watch it. So I know it was uncomfortable watching that whole ordeal. It was for me too. Um, do you feel as if there's any circumstance where it's okay to evoke a, a deceased family member? And also I want to put the caveat. A lot of people feel like, cause he didn't directly insult his dad. He just used his dad as a focal point of an insult of Devin. He wanted us to be very clear about that. He, he was saying nothing but nice things about his dad. In fact, he was making a point of that. He sounded like a great guy, which means the apple must have fallen far from the tree or something like that. How did you feel about the semantics of that whole thing? Were you disgusted by that treatment of Devin? Yeah, I was disgusted. I do think it's, um, a low blow as an, it's even an understatement. It should be off limits, but I do understand that people argue that he was being provoked and that Devin was almost goading him into doing that. Um, but for me, there was, there'd never be a moment where I would stoop to that level. And on top of that, you've got the whole Tony and Corey thing happening the same night to add to your, to add to your Tony time. So you're to- Tony yeah. time votes. So, True. and you know, we're talking about a guy that's like making strides and yes, and it's funny. It's like, you know, Tony, one part, one, one season, he, you know I mean? Totally, like I said, cuts the banana peels off or he sets him up, right? He sets him up. Like it's a, it's a very, it's a dirty move. It's a, it's a very, very dirty move. Like you're, having a, a deep friendship with someone and then you just fucking literally cut their throat, throw them under the bus, however you want to call it. And then the very next season you're partnered with him. So it, there's already drama, right? Um, like, but then they become friends and they, and, and they, they can put all this aside and they, and they have a friendship and then the whole Corey and Tony thing happen. And, you know, and, and Tony's a part of this, like, you know, almost gets his neck broken on national television while he's got two babies at home. And then comes back to propose to his longtime girlfriend at the reunion um, and sort of ended on the ultimate high note there. Yeah. Um, which is, wow. which is funny because uh, on this, on this reunion that by nature of the way the season played out with Hunter and Ashley and this taking the money, you know, it ended up being this like beacon of light and hope on, <laughs> in that reunion that you sort of remember. It's like Tony didn't win the season. He didn't even make the final, but you come out of this thing thinking, wow, Tony looks like a million that's bucks true. after, after the final reckoning. So that's one of the more interesting races here. Two more categories. Thanks for sticking around with us, Susie. We appreciate all the time here. The second to last uh, award that I left for this to kind of break up the individual awards is for elimination of the year. Very interesting race here, particularly because one of the nominees is on the phone with us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll save that one for last. Um, Pauly and Natalie in two uh, up for two nominations here. Both their uh, elimination against Johnny and Tony, which got them the final spot in the uh, the final, which of course is controversial because there apparently was a first go at this, we will never see. And then the other one that visually I think we will all remember for quite a while longer is the one against Brad and Kyle, where Natalie was thrown over and over again in that in that hamster you know wheel thing and landing and getting tossed on her head and still somehow managing to find those five balls and put them in the chute before Kyle and Brad could get finished. Paulie famously like cranking that thing so hard that he fell off 
of the uh, of the stand there, which you know a lot of people kind of laughed at that and, and made fun of him for, but it showed how hard he was working. Um, and they end up winning that one too, and that gets them back into the house. So two nominations for Paulie and Natalie says something else about the role they played in that season. Selvia and Melissa from Vendettas, which I think a lot of people might have forgotten at this point, but at the time TJ said was I believe the toughest female elimination he had ever seen. Um, and then last but not least. Derek Kaczynski versus Joss Mooney, which at the time a lot of people say might have been the best elimination of all time on Vendettas. It was won by Derek. Joss, who a lot of us think might have been the male competitor of the year, rookie of the year. We will never know how he would have done on Vendettas because he went home at the hand of a mercenary who had nothing to play for except pride. And you are the only person, my friend, who actually played with it. Um, we, we had a lot of people come on our podcast after the fact, the Durrells and the Ashleys who said, hey, I just wanted to get out of there and enjoy a margarita. You did not do that, my friend. You went toe-to-toe with him for 90 minutes. He finally had the mental lapse, steps out of bounds. You get the win. Joss goes home. Um, you really did what you said you were going to do. And Rogan said, hey, take care of my buddy. His name's Joss. Um, he didn't mean it like that, but that's how you took it. Uh, Susie, what do you think here? Obvious choice. You just gave me goosebumps describing Derek doing it for pride because you're so right. Um, all four of these nominees are amazing eliminations. So you did a great job choosing, but there were two that I'll never forget. And that's Natalie and Polly versus Johnny and Tony. Um, and Natalie standing there and Johnny standing there for what they said was six hours with their arms above their heads. I don't think I could do it for six minutes. So I was transfixed by that. And then Joss and Derek, I think that was the most compelling uh, elimination I've ever seen. So that's my vote. But I think the Natalie, Polly, Johnny, Tony um, elimination was incredible as well. How poetic, by the way, that Natalie and Johnny, who had that fling in Vendettas, that she's the one who ends up sending him home in like a head up, not like a puzzle, not like a lot of people said, oh, it's unfair. She has a cheerleading background. Of course she could hold her arm up. Well, look, Johnny lasted five hours, so it's not like something he wasn't good at. Yeah, it was incredible. She ended up outlasting him. So kudos to them for getting two nominations here. But the Derek and Joss thing, and Derek, I know... We do end up talking about this on the podcast a lot, and you kind of go back and forth uh, between being humble and not humble. I feel like you're going to go the <laughs> humble route here. We, were, we just had Kaylee on the podcast, and we're, we started talking about this because there, there was, you know, I'll give you this, Derek, a fun kind of anecdote, anecdote there about how she behaved during it, and she kind of came down and checked on Joss and kind of said hello to Derek during it. But then, like, afterwards, I think we're going to move on to the next topic, and Derek goes, so uh, what was, like, your favorite thing that you noticed during that elimination? And yeah. I'm like, oh, D, you're going to eat the shit for this but but d Mm -hmm. it's hard it's hard to you know put you know enough hyperbole on this thing it was so fun to watch and it sucks that you're going to be like the uh you know the the person who this rule gets named after but they might call it the Derek rule because i don't think they're ever going to allow mercenaries to compete for nothing again because i mean after that to think that if you just went home with your head held high which meant something to you i said but not enough to the other competitors they then on the following season allow it to where mercenaries can play their way into the house and hunter and ashley in fact do that and win the thing and they don't even allow you to be on that season to take part in it which is just bittersweet and terrible. But we'll always remember, you're probably the reason they'll probably never have mercenaries competing for nothing again, D. Well, well, here, here's the thing. It's like at some point, 
you know, both, both me and Josh knew that we weren't going to be able to compete the next day. Actually, the words came out of his mouth. He's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at this point. He goes, because I'm not going to be able to compete tomorrow and holding his bicep in mid in, in the middle of this thing. So, um, uh, maybe three quarters of the way through and, um, which helped me. Cause I was like, all right, he's fucked up. Um, but, um, I'm, I don't, you know, I, there's, there's a couple more that we're missing here. I think that we're missing the, uh, the light bright, you know, because of how people, yeah, that was fun. I think people were just like, I don't, I think Devin was such an underdog at like, Oh, it's going to be a physical thing. Devin hasn't showed us this like physical, you know, the, the prowess, like he's going to destroy us, but he's telling Johnny, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. You know what I mean? But isn't that more of a storyline thing? Like, doesn't that kind of go against the what elimination of the year means? Because when that elimination mm-hmm. took place, a lot of the feedback was, yeah, yeah, but you beat him at that elimination. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, it's just, it's interesting. It's just because, you know, the the, the CT and Johnny moment, which is interesting that, you know, you have this drama category and we're, we've got Johnny talking about Johnny in, in, in two uh, very memorable elimination runs, which I, I laugh at, you know, because... For me, it's like it was CT, the ultimate enforcer, coming in to, you know, beat the crap out of your, you know, the people that pe- the people don't don't like. You know what I mean? It was like the enforcer coming in and taking out, you know, the, the villain per se at the time, you know, and people enjoyed that moment. It was 10 seconds. It was 10 seconds. Okay. Same thing with this. It's like people remember because of the storyline behind it. You know, CT hadn't been around. Devin is just talking shit to him, you know, but they both include Johnny, Johnny both losing his ass on it, you know? And then you have the, the Derek versus Joss elimination. Okay. And this is what, when you talk about pride, man, I think this man, the reason why we can do challenge mania is, is because of something like that. It's just, it won't, I, I, it will be hard for something like that's what the, the face of the challenge should be. It should be that it should be people, you know, going out there, busting their ass to, you know, and that's what it should be. That's the challenge is, you know, what is the challenge in anyone's life is like going out there and, and, and working hard till, you know, you know, it's like the, the, those five rounds in the UFC fight for the championship belt, like, and, and people are going blow for blow, blow for blow. And it comes down to, you know, the last seconds, you know, same thing, 12 round fight blow for blow. And it comes down to the last couple seconds, two warriors, gladiators are, are, are beaten down to the point where, you know, they can't move the next day. They're not going to compete the next day. And that's what they gave that night and that dirt pit for 90 minutes and, and to give a, uh, to give the challenge uh, a pet, like not a pedestal, but that's the highest it's going to get. You are not going to get guys in UFC form, borderline UFC form, beating the shit out of each other for 90 minutes on a competitive reality show. Eh, Maybe you'd go like stone cold, stone cold stuff like that, you know, but not for 90 minutes. There's a time cap. These two guys, these two gliders beat the fuck out of each other for 90 minutes, you know, to, for it to come down to the last second, to what you see for the final play of the game, balls going out of bounds. Antonio Brown reaches out, keeps his toes in bounds. Touchdown. Pit, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Susie, Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> the Super Bowl. 
Well, Win the Super Bowl. I was I was certainly right? wrong about one thing. I thought you were going to go the humble route, but you know I <laughs> I will say, ladies and gentlemen, it's probably going to be a runaway winner there. But to touch on something you said, because D along the along the way here, whenever we talk about this, you compare it to the bananas backpack elimination, which visually certainly comes up a lot on the show, and I think it's something everyone remembers. But the difference here, and this is why, you know, of course. If we were doing it that year, that would probably win, but it certainly be nominated for Elimination of the Year. But when I picture Elimination of the Year, I picture being able to hand a trophy, you know, figuratively, because I don't know that we're going to actually have trophies, to all the people in the Elimination, and they all kind of take it and say, you know what, that was a good one. I feel like for the backpack one, you would give one to CT, and Johnny would be like, get that away from it. You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't necessarily one of these kind of, you know, both guys competing. That was just a, vis- a shellacking, you know? So it's like, I just don't think that... You know, you compare them. I think the one with you and Wes is the one to compare you and Joss to, not necessarily or some of these other battles like we saw Zach and, and Darrell or, or, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, or I think even there was one with, you know, you and Cyrus. But I, I just don't think that comparing the Bananas Backpack was a banner moment in the history of the challenge that will be shown in highlights for years to come. But I don't necessarily know it carries the same sort of like type of, you know, competitiveness that these other four nominees this year have and that the other eliminations we typically hold in high esteem have. It's kind of like in its own separate category. And, and just- here's one. And here's one that's never talked about too, is the underwater stuff. Susie, I don't know if you've ever, how, how much experience you have with the underwater stuff, but that's the, that the, the Kaylee and cam puzzles underwater in the cold is yeah. drowning, borderline drowning yourself because now you're relying on your partner to pick you up and take you out of the water, you know, while you're borderline suffocating underwater yeah, like waterboarding. Yeah. So that's another one that like you, people don't really know unless you've actually gone through it, you know, where you almost drown yourself. It's fucked up. Sarah so. told me this one time, just as a tangent that they did an underwater, like holding your breath thing. And she put this thing on her lap underwater so she wouldn't get up and they had to force her to come above water because she started taking on water and wasn't going to come up like people will go to such incredible lengths to win and i think oftentimes the challenge gods don't even realize how long people will stay underwater just to make the money um let's finish strong here on the last award this is meant to be the kind of you know, this is the award that if you don't, you don't, maybe you don't remember who won every award every year. Hopefully you remember this one. This is kind of like our best picture athlete of yeah. the year, etc. It's meant to encompass everything overall, male or female, everyone in the same category, a.k.a. who won the year uh, when it comes to the challenge. I only have three nominees for this one, and that's because I honestly couldn't think of a fourth that that made sense here to where that wouldn't need to open it up to well then what about these five six seven you know i I just so the three nominees for challenger of the year are car maria ashley mitchell and tony Williams. Mm -hmm. Susie, what say you there i I feel like you're probably going to feel strongly one of these people does not belong based on how you reacted to him earlier well, you know what? You've made a good case, though, so I get why you put Tony on here. Um, but like uh, we did in the female competitor section, I got to go with Kara on this one. I think overall she had the most incredible year, and her the the victory she had where she beat out every man and woman on the whole show to me is the clincher. Interesting. So you're going you're going Kara Maria here. Yeah, but I mean. 
Ashley is also an obvious choice and you guys think Tony is, so it's going to be probably a tight race. Yeah. And I, you know, again, this is another one I'm going to probably think about until the day I finally give my vote. I think you could, you know, make an argument for all three of these folks as we have in other individual categories. This encompasses all of it. And and that's why it's funny. It's like, I think you might see each of these, these, uh, women and men winning another category. And it's like, what do you value over the other? Is it competition? Is it being, you know, a cast member and bringing that entertainment value? Is it the combination of both? Is it the consistency? And you had Cara appear on every season this year. You had Tony appear on every season this year. And if you count the fact that she was a mercenary of Ashley appearing on every season this year. So the, the, the consistency of presence is clearly something that they all have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. D, do you feel strongly about any of these three going in? Well, Carl wasn't on Champs versus Stars, and Ashley was. Oh, you're and, right. You're and, right. And, Carl was not on Champs versus Stars. And, you're right. And and correct me if I'm wrong. Did Ashley's father pass away on that Champs versus Stars season that we are no, considering was, in this no, year? No, that was Champs versus Stars too. <clears throat> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, she lost with uh, whoever her partner was. It was like Drake or something like that, right? She remember they did the thing where one of the teams won the right to take players from the other team and they swapped her to the other team sure. for I think Tori and she had an absolute yeah. meltdown. Yeah, yeah I remember that. And, and then, then how'd think, she lose? And then I think the next episode she ended up going home. Uh, I believe, yeah, maybe to the hands of Kayla and and Drake or something like that. Um, something weird. I yeah. missed it. I, I don't, missed I don't really. I'm not going to lie. You know that show. The daily eliminations don't necessarily. Um, you know, way in my memory as much. That's why I love the finale so much because it, it really, I remembered it well even a month, two, three months later that finale, I thought visually it made a lot of sense and it's funny when you compare it to the other two, it was the least frustrating for me as a viewer when you compare it to Vendetta's or Final Reckoning and maybe it's because it doesn't necessarily have this high standard, it doesn't necessarily get put up against the old challenge finals that everyone holds so near and dear to their heart by how tough they were and everything and the braving the elements and climbing the mountains and stuff, but I just find, found that one to be the the as a viewer the most pleasant. Um, and I remember almost exactly what happened in it. Whereas when it comes to the daily eliminations, I, I do remember Brooke Hogan taking out um, uh, taking out Cam, and I forget sort of along the way who took out everyone else. But I do remember the blow up from Ashley. But that is not why you vote for Ashley here. No. It's not her presence on Chance versus Stars. It's huh. the fact that she won. The same way, honestly, you probably would have given this award to Johnny the year that he took the money from Sarah, you know, because that was the the photo of Sarah with her hands over her face and Johnny breathing that cold air that we, sorry, Sarah, put on the screen behind you when you came and hung out with us at Brea at the Improv. That shot was on the main page of like ESPN.com and Entertainment Weekly and this and that. And that was, like it or not, Johnny's move. And that was, I don't know if it got the same amount of press this time around, but this go around, it was Ashley's move. And, you know, you had those tumultuous comments again of her validating her actions on the, uh, on the reunion there. Um, she is certainly a polarizing figure. Um, we enjoy having her on the podcast. Even yeah, though, she's fun. You know, and, and so I, I, I do think that, you know, although she did appear on Champs vs. Stars, you know, I think it's it's really the final reckoning there that's her selling point. With Kara, you're you know you, you set it up top before the other category. It's the the winning of vendettas, you know, as a solo victory, and what that says for how women can compete against men on the show. Because it's funny. I don't know if you guys saw it. There was a couple people going back and forth on Twitter. Jemmy was one of them. Kayla was another one. I saw Emily Schramm. Some some 
assholes with the audacity to like say that like, oh, you you guys are you know good competitors for women, but you're competing against models, and if you went up against guys, you would suck, and just these terrible people. And I I noticed some of these cast members retweeting them and engaging them and putting them in their place. And Kara proved your your all you guys wrong by winning that. She beat Zach in that final. Zach came in second. It wasn't like oh she had a partner with this or that. No, it was men versus women. And Kara won, and I think the narrative there, and what that says, and and the fact that that does shut down all these you know useless arguments that these you know chauvinistic pigs make on social media. I think that really was a banner moment for for women on the show, and for everyone on the show, and for fans of the show to to watch you know that that kind of successfully play out. Obviously, throughout that season, you had guys competing against guys, girls competing against girls. It was just that final there. Whereas on the final reckoning, we did see how it kind of shakes out when you have guys and girls competing, and there's a lot of equalizers and a lot of shenanigans. And I don't know that that necessarily is. The the way to go but for the final it made sense and you know she executed when you add in the fact that she made the final on the final reckoning and did so with marie does that put her over the top here does that sort of you know the dual presence on the two big challenge seasons of the year even though socially she didn't have the, the finest look on either season quite frankly but especially on the final reckoning you know in those first few episodes when she was chasing around kyle and paulie um is that enough where she was the challenger of the year? Cara Maria, are you going to remember this as the year of Cara Maria? Um, I think there's a selling point to be made for all three of these folks, and I'm interested to see how it shakes out. Do you, we, what do you guys do? Is there a potential for any ties, or do you guys have, no. like, tiebreakers? Yeah, or, there, there, oh? won't, there will not be any ties for sure. Okay, um, okay. You know, even I think if we went by just purely voting, it would have to be, you know, down to the vote, but it's not going to be based on purely voting because, you know, it's one of those things and people, when we, we kind of, you know, focus grouped how we should do this thing, you know, I don't necessarily want this to be a popularity contest. And even though I do trust our patrons and I do think they have integrity and I do think they'll vote with their heads and not their hearts, you know, even among that, you know, voting body, I don't necessarily want, you know, the the favorites to to kind of, you know what, these two are close. I like this person more. I'm going to vote for them. And to kind of foolproof that, you know, the 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 patron voting will play a part. The voting from people like yourself will play a part. D and I's opinions will obviously play a heavy part here. And tiebreakers will be where, you know, the the there will never be the ability to tie because the factors will always be an uneven amount. So between me and D, people like yourself and the the patron voting, there can never be a tie. So it would need to be that there was an exact tie because the tiebreaker would always be, you know, the voting, which by nature, unless it came down to like 171 votes to 171 votes, you know. You know, it'd be mm-hmm. ridiculous for it to be a tie to that degree. So um, I doubt that ever comes into play. And if that did, D and I would just end up, you know, being the tiebreaker. Um, but okay. if that does happen, which would be very interesting, we'll, we'll obviously make note of it. Something I hate with the Oscars, because as I said, I'm an Oscar nut and I wait all year for the Oscars. And for the most part, nine out of the 12 awards are like locks by the time the Oscars roll around. You've seen all these people win all the other awards in the circuit. They've won the Golden Globe and the Critics' Choice and the SAG Awards. So you know who's going to win like all the major awards. There's like one or two upsets. So for the most part, I think 
it would be more interesting to know who came in second. So, like, for instance, if there's, like, a, top, a really <laughs> close race here, we'll say, you know, you know, so-and-so won, but just want to let you guys know it was really close between this person and this person. We're going to be transparent yeah. about it because that part of the conversation is really fun to us, yeah. at least. So. Okay. Um, but thank you so much, Susie, for loaning us two and a half hours of your time. I do want to ask and direct people to patreon.com slash braincandy where you guys typically do your live Q&As and you're watching the challenge every week, but it seems like we might might have an atypical lull here coming up. There is no Champs versus Stars. We only have one more episode of the wedding special. We don't know how they're going to fill that gap up until season 33. What are you guys going to be putting out for the next few weeks? You know, we have some fun plans for the new year. With uh, I have a lot of old school um, challenge people that I'm going to be interviewing that have been off the radar for a long time. And I always think that's super fun because that's my generation. And I think people often forget and then they're like, Oh, I'm so happy to see so-and-so and what they're up to. So that's kind of what I'm going to do to fill it. And then, um, Sarah and I will do some Q and A's and just talk about what's going on in the uh, Twitter verse. Cause I'm sure there will be feuds going on as always that we can uh, gossip about. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. 15 minutes of blame is always fun hearing you catch up with, like you said, those people who have not been on the show in quite some time. You have an ability to dig them up out of, you know, a lot of these (laughs) folks. And the great part about, you know, when they come on your show is a lot of these folks are like not even on social media. So I don't know if you're like calling them on a Nokia phone or something to get a hold of them, but (laughs) it's really cool to hear you catch up with them because you have the history and everything like that. So check out patreon.com slash brain candy. We're really Really excited to hang with you in New York City at Caroline's on Broadway, Saturday, January the 26th for our first live show of 2019. Yourself, Marie Rota, who, as we discussed before, is hilarious, so it's very fitting she'll be on stage at a comedy club. And Kenny Santucci, the meet and greet tickets are sold out, but general admission still available at Challenge It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. Thank you. You're the reason Kenny is coming to this thing. It was all you. So kudos everyone who's thanking us. Oh, my God, thank you for getting Kenny. Thanks, Susie. Don't thank us. Although, you know, uh, Derek and him are friends, and he was great on our podcast. Susie is the one who made that thing happen. So it's going to be great. And I've never met Marie in person either. So that's going to be super fun. So it's all about that ruins championship that me, uh, Kenny and Susie got together. We don't have to speak to know that we have a challenge championship. We have a bond for life. Yes, exactly. I think we each carried you at some point. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Uh, I don't deserve it, but thank um, you. So we all have that sweat deeply in, 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 embedded (laughs) And our bodies forever. Hey, last thing I'm going to say about the uh, the last three nominees there. So, Carl Maria, first ever female challenge champion, right? Solo. Solo. Yeah. Ashley, second female yes. challenge champion. Okay? Solo. And, not, but I don't think the, so. With, with I maybe, don't think so. With a maybe. With a maybe. With, with some so. controversy behind it. Yeah. With a million dollars, right? Here, here's the deal. But, you, Cobra, but you know the fact that she won by 31 seconds. Let's talk about all these other teams. The year that, like, say, Johnny and Tyler won, some challenge god knows that, like, Johnny outraced Tyler by 41 seconds. We'll just never know. You know what okay, I mean? So and, I don't and, look at it as a solo split the money, And if they split the money, then it wouldn't matter either. Or would it? Okay. Anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so, but but then you've got Cara, you know, Cara and Marie. Marie may be the X factor, you know. Um, and uh, and then and then Tony has this timeline, 
you know, with an intercontinental championship, he's got this up and down positive timeline that ends up with the, him on one knee in the, in, in proposing to his soon to be wife and an intercontinental championship. You know what I mean? To anybody's to game. I to think about. And Ashley's win was for a mill. So yeah, just, just throwing it all out there. Just throwing it all out there. It's Love not, it. Neither here nor there. Really fun conversation that I'm sure you and I will continue to have as we finalize these uh, votes on our end and and tabulate all the votes from the patrons. Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. Still time to become a patron. Voting period will run until Wednesday the 2nd at, I believe, 11.45 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you get your votes in. Susie, I expect your ballot as well. I look forward to uh, hearing your final thoughts on these and uh, you to pick the winners too and uh, if you think Sarah would care enough to vote we'd love to get her votes or do you think oh, she just she wants cares. to like de- oh great so we'll get her the ballot too because um, you know I know she kind of hate watches it a little bit but she's tuning in every oh. week too and she might I mean look who knows some of these events that play parts in some of these people winning here might be a little too close to home for her so I'm really yeah. interested to see how she votes for a couple of these awards that you know play a part here with a, the, any of that have Johnny involved and the ones that have Ashley and Hunter involved seeing is that she was on the receiving end of a similar fate. Susie, thank you so much. You're the best. We love you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Susie. So pumped to uh, hang out with you in a couple weeks. Yeah, see you soon. Yep. Happy holidays. Thank you, Susie. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye. Right. That was fun breaking down. I What I loved is getting your perspective, getting Susie's perspective on all these. Because to be honest with you, I think almost on every award, maybe there was a couple we were kind of in lockstep. But on almost every award, we each had kind of our own outlook and our own front runner there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the point here, right? It's it's to talk about it. It's to get to know our nominees. It's to bring out those, you know, those those hidden gems that people don't really talk about. And, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, the the reaction in the Twitterverse uh, because, you know, I'm going to be looking for reasons to to vote or not vote a certain. I'm not I don't have favorites is my point. I want I want the person to, you know, that, you know, that deserves it for this year, you know, get it, you know, for the right reasons, you know what I mean? And, you know, hopefully the challenge mania awards continue the next year and the following year. And we'll have, you know, different characters and different, you know what I mean? And different contests and different competitions and different scenarios and different dramatic situations and personalities, you know, so, uh, you know, hopefully this can continue and this may be just the beginning. Yes. Hopefully it will be. Certainly it will be. And, um, I will say, D, I'm not going to say that there's any locks in any of these categories, but if there is a lock, it's probably you and Joss to an elimination of the year. Let's be honest. Yeah, you know what? It's For me, it's like, you know, sometimes you're like, ah, oh, Derek, you're hum- sometimes you're humble about it, sometimes you're not. It's, you know, for me, it's, you know, I- I'd, give, I'd give my award to, you know, to someone like, you know, that, that um, I mean, I, I was beat the fuck up, you know, but if you heard the, the, the Kaylee podcast, uh, it was all, it was so much fun for me. You know what I mean? I fought, I, I talked shit to the, I talked shit to the challenge gods. I, I mean, I was bantering with the challenge gods. I was bantering with Joss when he asked for water every now and then. And, 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 and my crowd, which was a bunch of challenge cast members, you know, like I, I, I pretty much jumped on a grenade so they didn't have to face this guy. You know what I mean? I enjoyed it, you know, so if I didn't win, you know, and you gave it to, 
you know, someone else like Natalie, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think you have to make a lot of phone calls and tell a lot of people to change their votes to make that happen. And I will say, I mean, Natalie <laughs> and Paulie get nominated for two of the, I mean, literally involved in two of the eliminations that made the final four here for us. But so, I mean, no, uh, no reason to hang your head there, especially in their rookie year to have two elimination of the year nominees is crazy. But I mean, D I mean, come on, you're, you're being a little bit too humble. I think, cause I called you out there. Um, you know, you know that that was the elimination of the year. All right, guys, um, enjoy the rest of your holiday week. If you're spending time with family, uh, cozying up under, under that tree, if it's still there, um, any uh, gifts that you heard about that you still need? Maybe somebody got you more gifts than you got them and you're, you're scrambling. Challengemania.shop, that's where you can find all that good stuff. And what makes a better gift than a ticket to Challenge Mania Live? January 26th, Caroline's on Broadway, New York City, Live for tickets. February the 9th, Chicago, Illinois at the Woodfield Mall, the Chicago Improv. Tickets available at challengemaniashy.com. And the following week, Austin 216, that is February 16th, we are coming to the North Door. Tickets available at challengemaniatx.com. Stay tuned next week for more details on our DraftKings contest. It's a way to have an all-expense-paid trip to the Challenge Mania Live you're choosing. All right, D, happy holidays to you, my friend. Happy holidays to little D. And uh, we'll catch you in 2019. We'll see you next year. That's when people say, I'll see you next year. Yeah, make sure you're feeding that baby otter. I know it's coming soon. Yes, he certainly is. Thank you guys so much. Every single one of you guys who listened to us this year in 2018, we could not have done it without you. And if there was an award for audience of the year, the Challenge Maniacs win that hand over fist. Uh, there's there's not even another nominee. So Yeah, for sure. Appreciate for every sure. one of you. Appreciate Susie Meister. Uh, follow her on all social media channels. You know where to find Dr. Susie Meister. Also, Brain Candy Pod as well. Follow them. And head to patreon.com slash brain candy for tons of great bonus content that they provide they are a great companion piece to the challenge and it's really fun to watch it along with them every week all right scott i'm off to chicago for the ho 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 awesome are you, i heard you might go check in on that rainforest cafe so maybe I, go check in the chicago improv as well i am i'm gonna go look at it at awesome. the very least cool. yeah all right buddy. it's a beautiful mall it's a beautiful mall yeah awesome thanks dude yep. all right Bye. see you Okay, guys, well, unfortunately for you, this thing just out here on Challenge Mania. So uh, take care of yourself, and I hope we see you in the future. Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu.